You are listening to Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The Voices of Kansas City, unfiltered. new edition of the tailgate podcast i'm aaron joined by ty and duncan uh we are having a good old time here terrible week <laughs> good, old time. Uh, good old time here <laughs> good old time here yeah we are having a hell of a good time before the show started uh but overall on the week our nfl picks for all three of us mm-hmm. are equally as bad mm-hmm. aren't looking so hot no the best we can all do is three and three because we all have buffalo who is currently up fourteen to seven, a little bit before halftime. Oh, uh, did he get maybe that? maybe adding on to that lead? Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe. I I came in ready to flaunt a perfect week. Yeah, you did. Have, <laughs> he, Ty did finish the yeah. first perfect week last year and followed it up with at best yeah. three and three next week. Uh, this is Ugh. yeah, just gross. This is just the uh, football gods slapping us in the face for Ty getting cocky. Yep. <laughs> and just because they Sorry, just guys. like to slap me in the face repeatedly these last month or so. so. Yeah. yeah. A few uh, big upsets, one of which didn't affect our picks at all. I don't think we – we didn't pick Giants versus Seattle at all. No, that was – So, oh. yeah. So, that was um, ugly us. <laughs> ugly Russ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the best spots that I saw during that was we, we were watching the NFL Red Zone and Scott Hansen, the host, I know I texted you guys this, mm-hmm. he comes away after it's 8-5 to five, after they get the touchdown. He's like, all right, and out in Seattle, we've got Yankees 8, Mariners 5. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, NFC East pulled, up, pulled off two big upsets this week, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, beating the Seattle Seahawks and then the uh, uh, Washington football team, just finished an upset of the undefeated, previously undefeated Steelers. Yep. I was uh, waiting for them to drop a game, and I'm yeah. glad it's, it's, it's. They had a really easy schedule to start the year, though. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, they played a lot of backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They played the mm-hmm. NFC East. They played just. A not depleted a, Baltimore team yep. last week. Nope. Yeah. Uh, they had COVID games uh, multiple times. Their only team that has had multiple games affected mm-hmm. at different parts of the season by COVID. So. Um, Oddly enough, not their team, but right, just yeah, the, minus James Conner. The Titans and the uh, uh, Ravens both had games against the, 40, or against the Steelers affected by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into it, one of the games I want to talk about right away is that uh, Raiders-Jets game. The Jets came closest they've, <laughs> they've been to winning a game all year. Wow. And Greg Williams pissed it down his leg and got fired today because of it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Do you think that was on purpose, though? There is definitely that school. No, them firing him after the game, I don't think so. No. I think it was like a, Greg Williams is always that guy who's, if I'm a head coach, I don't hire him at all, especially mm-hmm. if I'm on, like, a team that could struggle and lose my job. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that guy always seems to be angling for interim head coaching jobs. And yeah. I think that's kind of what he was doing when he ran, he ran a cover zero with a spy on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So everybody was ma- – Man-to-man, no safeties deep, and he was sending by, I think it ended up being seven pass rushers, yeah. and they didn't get there, gave up game-winning score with 13 seconds left uh, as 
I, should be expected with that play call. I mean, well, and the I, receiver I, talent they have is ridiculous. And I, I think I saw a stat. That I, or I did see a stat. I believe the number was 252 times mm-hmm. in the last 15 seasons that a defense has been in that scenario. Right. And this is the only time, the first time, yeah. that more than six pass rushers went after the quarterback. Yeah. The, the book tells you to send three safeties deep mm-hmm. and wind it up. However, like, whatever the scheme is, doesn't three, matter. Three but three kind of safeties good, deep. Yeah. Th- yeah, three to maybe four pass rushers if you want to th- throw something at him like that. But, yeah, he went cover zero and had a spy on the quarterback. So, essentially takes another guy who could have been guarding a receiver away oh, who's yeah. just watching the quarterback and – it was basically, it was four on three. Well, Someone's and you, be you have two rookies on the outside too. Absolutely. One of them an undrafted yeah. undrafted free agent. So yeah. That's, so that's, Greg Williams. I hope this is the end of the Greg Williams side of the NFL. I do too. I don't think there's a worse personality for the NFL. Well, there's probably there are worse personalities. I'm sorry, but he's among them. He is among <laughs> yeah. one of the involved in the Bounty uh, Gate scandal yeah. for sure. He, uh, everybody remembers how the Cleveland debacle happened with Hugh mm. Jackson, him and. Uh, the offensive coordinator is expect. Or is it Todd Haley? No, Todd Haley. I believe it was Haley. Yeah, it was Todd Haley. Th- those three. That whole debacle was broadcast for the world on Hard Knocks that Another year. Another garbage but, person. Yeah, but yeah, I hope this is the end. I hope we don't have to hear about Greg Williams ever again. But mm-hmm. that ending to that game was ridiculous because I I did text the guys and I said I think the fix was in on that. There's no excuse to run that. And but again, it is Greg Williams, and it is. Uh, I mean, if he was doing that to try to get Gase fired so he can, you know, take a shot as well, the, running the team at the end of the season, he he had to have known that that wasn't yeah. going to happen. They weren't going to, mm. you know, if they've stuck with Gase through this much, he's not going anywhere. No. with a month left in the season, they're mm. angling for that number one pick, and then they're going to fire Gase. And yeah, and and else. yeah, and they're they're Greg Williams. It would serve him no purpose to do that. Lose this game, right? And if he, he he has no well, no inclination think, to be uh, going for Trevor Lawrence because he knows he's not going to be. I'm there. not saying yeah. I think that he was angling to it by throwing the game to get the coach fired. I think that it was a decision where he thought it was a genius decision because if it works out, yeah, you get a sack on the quarterback, uh-huh. 13 seconds left. Mm. He looks like a genius that won you the first game you've won all year, and then with how they've been all year, maybe fire Adam Gase yeah. and he gets to take over the last oh, few games. Okay. But. I overall, I just think he took a gamble, and he's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, um, Gase talked about it after the game, and with a visible just look of disgust on his face. And mm-hmm. you know, they they talked to Marcus May, the safety was a team captain, and he just said he just these guys were these guys were shocked because the Jets played yeah. the best game they've played all year. Oh Definitely. yeah, Definitely. and it just you got to feel for some of those guys because yeah. that's that's just that's garbage, man. That is. Yeah, 13 seconds left, right, or 46. Also shows that the Raiders are definitely leaning into a team that is built to beat the Chiefs. Right. And that's no about it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's they, about they it. They still have some pieces to where, to where they will consistently compete with them. Oh, yeah. Mm. They're uh, just not there yet. They're not there yet, for sure. Where do we like to throw around? Paper Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another surprise game this past weekend, uh, Baker Mayfield and the Browns. <laughs> <lit> <laughs> Yeah. In the first half, they lit up uh, the Tennessee Titans. It ended up being a six-point game at the end. But yeah. 41-35? They, yeah. 40, yeah. It ended up being 35? a six-point yep. game, yeah. 41-35. Man. Uh, never was really in doubt. as the late touchdown. But Baker Mayfield, four first-half touchdown passes. They started the game over with a field goal, and then went five straight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, to take a 38-3 <laughs> 
Or yeah. It was thirty. Yeah. It was thirty-eight-seven lead in the half. Yeah, the half. Yeah, and Jeez. it was one score. And because I, one. I sent a text message to you guys, joking like. Did Baker Mayfield watch our podcast last week? Because I definitely mentioned yeah. that meme of, of him being carried by uh, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. And, yeah. man, he came out just, whew, came He's out a man on fire. I, and I actually saw he's the only, only player in the league with four first, first uh, half touchdown passes, and he's actually done it twice this season. Hmm. Uh, not that they're like obviously the rest of the games matter and everything too, right. but that is pretty impressive. Yeah, a lot of people were ready to give up on Baker after last year, and Even how the beginning of this year and the beginning of this year for sure. And yeah. now we're sitting at three losses. They're not uh, destiny to a wild card spot, and I mean I don't. I mean it would take a lot for them to catch Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. I mean. With but the loss today, I guess it's within two games. It's, but, I mean, it's possible. And, I mean, they, they can make some ground up this next week playing Baltimore. For sure. Right away. Yeah. That's going to be – that's a huge matchup for Baltimore, for yeah. for the whole division in general. Um, but uh, – Yeah, if Baltimore somehow doesn't come out in Dallas and yeah. beat Dallas, then they have to play for their game. Yeah. Uh, I think Baltimore will come out and beat Dallas um, <laughs> as a Dal- the resident Dallas fan. Uh, Zach Martin was the only thing keeping that mm. team afloat on offense, and he's out for four weeks minimum. So, yeah. which uh, how much time is left in the season? Four uh, weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. yeah. So he's out for the end of the season, basically. Yeah. yeah. I was actually because or for IR, I think he can come back for the last, the last game, last game or last two games. Oh, okay. Because technically he went on IR last week. Yeah. So this week counts towards that total. But either way, uh, yeah, we get that game tomorrow, uh, Tuesday night football. Dallas and Baltimore should be not a great game. So. Not a great game. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a great Dobbins day. <laughs> moving on to uh, something that should surprise all of us. I don't think any of us had, had them winning their division, and there's still a lot that to play out. But the uh, Rams are now the leaders in the NFC West. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a, the, they dominated the Cardinals. I mean, they made Kyler Murray was completely shut down. Yes. Like, I think yeah we all yeah we all picked the Cardinals last week and right. this was yeah this was a they, they showed out man they yeah. absolutely looks like a team that wants to go and win that division on yeah. paper fully healthy Aaron and I had this conversation on paper fully healthy they're not the best team they're, they're fully healthy they're not the best team but, uh, but they are the best defense currently man. because ten or because uh, the Niners have are so beaten down on defense just because they have a lot of IR players and players that aren't coming back. Um, but, and I think overall right yeah. now, like if you take both sides of the ball into account, they are probably the most talented team because of the injuries to mm. other teams. Right. And just Arizona still being young and not like, right. being and, young at the position. And we still don't really know what Cliff Kingsbury is right. going to be in yeah. the NFL. And he did kind of try to let loose uh, Kyler yesterday, but it, he utilized him in a very, very strange way. And then he – yep. I understand that sometimes rookie or young quarterbacks get their, like, safety blanket – it just seemed like so much that, like, I mean, it just seemed so much that he was forcing it to Hopkins. And I get that Hopkins is your best player on your, like, as your wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But there's just sometimes, Kyler, where you have to spread the ball around. Like, mm-hmm. they were really successful early in the game when he hit Dan Arnold for a 59-yard touchdown pass because he was spreading around the other options. But then when he started solely looking at Hopkins, that played right into Jalen Ramsey's strength. Right, and that's a strength of the team is the receiving core being so deep. They've drafted yep. high at receiver. Like, I'm not saying, like, number top – number one picks or anything, but, like, middle round picks were it was in deeper drafts, taking mm-hmm. Andy Isabella, who was the fastest wide receiver in his draft and a very productive Christian player. Kirk. Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk was, what, the number two, a second yep. round pick, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I mean, they have Larry Fitzgerald still. Like, mm-hmm. not that he's the same Larry Fitzgerald he's always been, but he is a leader. Like, that receiving core is built for him to spread it around, and it does seem like they just lock on Hopkins a little bit. Yeah. And, and the teams that are willing to, you know, throw out that – because, I mean, yes, not every team has a Jalen Ramsey. I yeah, will say that. Right. But the teams that do are in your division, and they are tasked with shutting that guy down, and they right. have proven successful. Right, and that's, a, that's an issue that I think Kingsbury's going to run into – uh, running this college style, style yeah. uh, this is our best player. air raid scheme is yeah. a lot of the times in a college air raid, you do have the plays designed to go to one guy, and it's a maybe a one read pat like passing mm-hmm. play, and it limits your quarterback learning to look around yeah. for other mm-hmm. receivers up. And we saw that with Blaine Gabbert was what it, that didn't translate as part of his game. He right. just locked onto one receiver all the time. And, and yeah. Kyler is a lot better, obviously, than Blake Gabbert, and he can mm-hmm. use a lot of other tools, but that will hinder him if they don't get him out of that habit. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of faith in Kyler. I think oh, Kyler absolutely. is a more polished uh, quarterback than <laughs> another running quarterback that we'll mention later, probably Lamar. Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. that Kyler has – Kyler looks like a mini Mike Vick to me where he's he's able to stretch the play with his legs yeah but but in the same fact his arm even though we joked around about his small hands and how he's going to translate to the pros he seems like he's kind of putting it together he just needs to get past that part of this is my safety blanket must throw to hopkins i'm not not saying don't throw it to hopkins but obviously he's your most talented receiver he's also banged up right now and that was definitely the with his smaller frame that was definitely a concern coming into Mm. the league right uh and he's he, he has a he has a skill that is unique in, in his escapability. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he manages to – that's something I, I've seen that he shares with Patrick Mahomes. He manages to evade those big hits just right. yep. with how he maneuvers his body. And that's a, that's a skill set not even, even a lot of running backs possess. That's why I don't think Lamar Jackson might last as long is because yeah. Lamar Jackson doesn't necessarily evade the hit. It's what it's, it, it seems like he just very much maneuvers and takes the hit at the end. And yeah. we've seen players like Cam Newton that – you know, have a shortened career. But we made the point earlier right. this season, Cam Newton's injuries were not running the ball. Right. Those were all in the pocket injuries. Mm-hmm. Right? Fair, uh, fair. A lot of the times. Porous offensive line. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the times what we've seen with these quarterbacks, it's especially the running quarterbacks, is that it's not the one the when they're running the ball. Yeah, that was the problem with Mike Vick because he was so small of a frame, mm-hmm. so thin. Yeah. But Cam Newton, yeah, his, his injuries were all in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So it – Taking and, a big hit, doesn't matter if it's in the pocket or outside, you just don't want it, your quarterback right. to be mm-hmm. taking them. And that's something why a lot of quarter, uh, coaches and coordinators limit how much later in their career that these quarterbacks are running yep. the ball. Uh, so we'll see how that translates. And if you're the Colts, you avoid it altogether. Try to. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you went from luck who, again, a guy who, yeah. when given the opportunity outside the pocket, would run with the ball mm-hmm. and career short. And now they have Philip Rivers who – no chance of that. <laughs> yeah, no chance of running the ball at all. No. But, uh, yeah, with that said, uh, going back to the NFC West, what the heck happened with Seattle? Man. So much hype the first month and a half of the season, and now they're looking at teams – are, Teams are finding ways to shut down that offense, and it was yeah. the most explosive offense the first two months of the season. But what everybody said, this defense, eventually it's going to cost them games. Right. But somehow – it's not the defense that's costing them these games lately yeah. that they, when they've been playing garbage. It's they've been letting Russ cook, and for some reason, one of the wheels is just He's falling burning off. the food. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I sent you guys that clip 
of when they played the Eagles, yeah, they f- completely forgot to cover one side of the field. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, one, one of the receivers was technically covered by a safety. That safety drifted over, yeah, and they had Jalen Rager and uh, who's the guy that they got from? They made Carson Wentz look good. No, no, who's the receiver they got from the Lions? Who's been kind of playing really well for them? Uh, Fulton. Yeah. They didn't make Carson Wentz look good. Carson Wentz looked really bad <laughs> because he had two wide-open receivers on one it. side, and he threw it to a tight end who was double-covered <laughs> in the middle of the field. And he threw it late. It still could have been a completion, but he threw it late, and he had, literally had there two receivers that after the play were like, what we are you doing, man? Like one yeah. of, uh, Rager was in the slot, and he literally was waving at Wentz yeah. like, before at the snap <laughs> saying, I'm not covered. And Wentz didn't realize it, which is going to get us into our next topic is Carson Wentz finally benched this week uh, for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Doug Peterson Uh, came out at the end of the game that was like, we still don't know. We're leaning forward. It's like, dude, it is clear. Is it it worth your job, buddy? Yeah, it is clear. Put Hurts in. He got stuff done. He scored one touchdown. Yeah, so. I scored one touchdown, but he got stuff done. But he put, yeah, of, he put up more yardage. It's not like thir- he's going to win. Like, right. No. But well, you don't expect him to. It, the, the level of play that they're getting out of Carson Wentz is on par with – he's one of the five worst drops in quarterback rating from one year to the mm-hmm. next in NFL history. Mm. He's number five overall. The only guys ahead of him are Mark Ripien, uh, where, right before he became a backup, uh, Joe Theismann. Uh, in his final season, mm. Peyton Manning, in his final season, mm-hmm. and Y.A. Tittle, in his final final <laughs> season, yeah. the guy right behind him, Brett Favre, in his final, his final season. season. Mm. All the so four out of the six guys with the worst drop in quarterback rating all time retired after the drop in their drop. Carson Wentz is on a historically bad pace, and if Doug Peterson doesn't get it at this point, and just with the yards per completion by Hertz in that game, nine point one, which is a which is a rate which Carson Wentz hasn't hit in thirty three games. That's insane. Insane. And th- those are quarterbacks that you're comparing. And we talked off right. camera. Those, those are quarterbacks that are game managers that are like Alex Smith probably averages yes. more depth of target than right. nine yards, but yes. he's a game manager style quarterback. Right. Carson Wentz anything not. underneath what Hertz is averaging after one game. But still, after what he averaged in that one game, is game manager type of quarterback. So, finally it happened. Hopefully, Peterson can stick with Hurts so we can see what they have there. Because I think it could provide a spark with his running ability and mm-hmm. other things. Like, I just think his, his arm's better at this point. Right. He's fresh. Um, maybe provide a spark for them because w- even with the Giants and Washington each getting to five wins, it's only two games up on Dallas and Philly. So, like, it's still not out of reach mm. for any of these teams. But we will see. I think, honestly, I think that those two wins in the last yeah. two days clinched one of those two teams is going to win the division. Absolutely. It's not yeah, going to be. now we're looking at it potentially mm-hmm. maybe even a 7-9 and nine division winner yeah. now at this point. I think it's likely six. I think I agree with that. I agree with probably six. I think the Giants beat Dallas, and that will clinch it. And mm-hmm. – like, that's all that matters. Like, there are other winnable games, but, I mean, it, it very well could be six. Because yeah. any of these teams can beat each other. Right. And, but, I mean, the, the tiebreaker goes to the Giants right now. That's, yeah. That yeah. Was the, I mean, part of the reason why I picked Washington, I didn't think Washington was going to win this week. I didn't think the Giants were going to win this week. They both did. But I thought 
Washington was going to win out more games. But in the same fact, the Giants are staying right with them, and the Giants have the tiebreaker over Washington because they beat Washington twice. Yeah, right. But yeah. both of those teams are playing their best football this season. Absolutely. I mean, this this isn't like when the Rams went over and ran through them in the first month and a half of the mm-hmm. season through mm-hmm. the whole division. This is other than the Cowboys and the well, not even the Eagles. Never mind. But the Giants and Washington are definitely looking much, much better. Absolutely. And uh, actually, one of the other things that I have to give mad props to today was Alex Smith getting cleated by his own center, blood gushing <laughs> oh, out yeah. of his leg, and then just he's like, "Wrap it up, let's go!" Like yep. Alex Smith's a badass. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that <laughs> that dude just give him the comeback play is unreal. <laughs> just do it. He, but clinched, he definitely clinched that. Yeah, it's yeah. not, and it's not surprising because Ron Rivera is the head coach there, and Ron Rivera is one of the most just solid head coaches. Not not necessarily spectacular, not special. But that guy will turn you into a reputable franchise. Mm. Yeah. And yep. uh, consistently, you know. Competitive. S- just, yeah. As long as it, his team stay healthy, they're exactly. usually going to compete every single week. They're not going to be out of games early. Mm. Like, they, the, the issues in Carolina were mainly injuries to the starting quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that can cost anyone their job mm-hmm. if it happens mm-hmm. too much. So, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Rivera's always had a good system. Right. I mean, good, like, he'll hire good coordinators that yep. get production from his players. Yeah, I mean, but that, that just, Jack Del Rio. Yeah. yeah. He's a proven defensive coordinator in this league. Mm. But uh, it's, it's not surprising that, they, that he's managed to mm-hmm. elevate his team. What is For surprising sure. is that Joe Judge has done so in New York. I mean, we don't know a whole lot about him. That's the only thing that I'll say. I, mm-hmm. I will say when you look at his staff, you're maybe thinking like, oh, you hired Jason Garrett. Not the greatest – not the greatest reputation right now because of the yeah. recency bias, but he did stick around the league for a long time as an offensive coordinator, even before yeah. mm. he got hired as a Cowboys head coach. So, I mean, long term, I don't like the like that Jason Garrett's running that offense, but mm. it can work. As yes, seen when he right. was a head coach. But we we were down on Judge coming into the season and oh, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. d- did not expect anything out no. of the Giants, and that's that's where I will. It's they've got to be happy with their investment at this point in time, Remember especially Colt. when you went out. You went out. You didn't just go beat the Seahawks. You beat the Seahawks with Colt freaking McCoy and right, quarterback. Yes. And was, we weren't high on Daniel Jones, and even without the injury, Daniel Jones has actually been playing okay. And he's, he's been playing better. Yeah, and yeah. He, he's had a couple of those runs. Which who thought of him as a scrambling quarterback? But he had a couple of those runs where you're just like, who is that guy? Yeah, I mean, I mean he ran out of his legs, but I mean, <laughs> but it was. But they've, right they've won. They've won four games in a row, and they just beat one of the Super Bowl, the, the lead Super Bowl, yeah, Pre-season Super Bowl favorites, favorites for the NFC. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, they've had a great run. Uh, I, I think, as it stands now, the the that <laughs> NFC, the, the <laughs> NFC as a whole, I, it has to be what between the the Saints and the Rams, as far as teams that are just playing consistently week in week Packers. out. Packers. Packers, yeah, Packers. I'd say I'd, I'd yeah. take, the, yeah, the Packers over the other over the Rams right now. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Aaron Rodgers has been clicking on all the things. The thing about co- this COVID year <clears throat> that I've noticed is like, I mean, other than the Chiefs, and it's mainly because they're coming off the Super Bowl, and because they do have the MVP favorite at this point, like nobody's really looked elite. Nobody. Yeah. Like, Mm-mm. even with the Steelers only losing one yeah. game to this point, they we, have not looked elite. Yeah, we no, said, you we look said at, all the time that the Steelers were playing down to their opponents. Yeah. And it showed again today. They played down to their opponents. But guess what? Right. Their opponent had some fight in them. And it was like, we're not right. going to go down that easy. Yeah. You know? like, but I don't, I don't know if that has to do with the preparation. I've, I feel like it does. Uh, the lack of preparation for a lot of these teams. And a lot of, I mean, especially, like, look at the NFC East. Other than Doug Peterson, it's three new head coaches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, installing their systems, getting the players that they want there. That's, that's tough. 
Uh, that's why I think a lot of experts picked either Dallas because of the talent that they had preseason or the Eagles because of consistency on the coaching staff mm-hmm. to win that division. But, mm-hmm. like, across the league, teams that, like, started the season looking great like Seattle and then teams that consistently still have looked good winning games, even the Chiefs last four weeks, mm-hmm. all one possession games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two of those are against really bad teams. Yep. Um, I think the Chiefs are just playing a little bit closer to the vest for right sure. now. But like I, I think it is when you look at the Chiefs as the one team that has mm-hmm. looked elite, that was what we said coming in. Mm-hmm. As, yep. you know, before the season even started, what I was saying is it's in this COVID year, it's going to be an advantage to be able to retain your coaching staff and right. that, that many key stay, players. Stay because, relatively healthy. Yeah. Bring back a lot of your talent from the year before yeah. and have the same coaching staff. You're mm-hmm. at a built-in advantage that's, over everybody That's why else. I've been – preaching for at least me that the Bills are probably the second best team in the AFC, if not the third, because the Bills retained a lot of offensive talent and they've been, and yeah, they've been kind of playing down to their opponents just like the Steelers have, but in the same fact, they've been winning the games and they've been fighting in each one. I mean, obviously they took that rough loss to the Cardinals. Di- I, I will agree with that, but I will say they're a distant second best team in that AFC. Oh, yeah. Like, not, the, close not, not, not close to the Chiefs. I, I was not saying yeah. that. Well, We'll see in this week. We'll see right. this next week when they play Pittsburgh. I mean, right. I'd say that's your matchup to decide who's yeah. who's that solid number two. I mean, it's, sure. it sucks that you're getting you're getting Pittsburgh after a loss when hopefully Pittsburgh does kind of turn it around. But I mean, you're getting a fully healthy Bills team now because mm-hmm. they just activated uh, the linebacker uh, Milano um, tonight, yeah, Milano. so he's playing tonight. Yeah. So you got a fully healthy Bills team. You're going to have a f- hopefully you know Connor back for. All that stuff and bills can be run on. So we'll see what happens next week, but that's going to be a fun one to pick. Yeah. For sure. And that is on our picks. Yeah. Uh, final couple points. Uh, the Patriots destroyed Whoa. the Chargers. And I know, I think it was Duncan, I want to say, that Wolf. brought up Anthony Lynn potentially being fired a few times. And I resisted that. After that game, I, yeah, I know that it's, it's been mentioned a few times. I don't, and I, I don't think he should. I, I, for this whole time, I didn't think he should be. I think that seals it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I even said. <laughs> do you think he goes back to a head coaching job, or do you think they. I think somebody uh, else gives him a head coaching job. Because think, it was just as recently as two years so, ago. But the trend with minority coaches is. Oof, yeah. They don't, unfortunately, do not get those opportunities like white head coaches do, which is mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah, that's uh, terrible. But unfortunately, a trend in this league. I, I unfortunately think he'll have to go back to being a coordinator. For a little it, while and which then, would be bullshit because it was be only two years ago that they were 12 and four mm-hmm. and that close to do, yeah. beating yep. the Chiefs to win the division. Right. And when we, that was the year when the Chiefs had the one seed. We talked so. about a lot of his obstacles are the ownership there. Yes. You yeah. Know, like not wanting oh, to pay guys of, that are yeah. like homegrown talent. So, you know, like, yes. hey, you drafted Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's doing good for you and not saying anything bad about Austin Eckler, who's also been doing good. But it's like, no, we're not going to pay you money. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to do this. That's right. that sends a message yeah. to your entire team. Yeah, and with that win, unfortunately, the uh, Patriots are still within striking distance of getting a wild card yep. spot mm-hmm. in the AFC. What, 6-6 six and, and six now? Yeah. Yes, and favorable schedule, of course, down the stretch, so we'll he see how that ends. Bill Belichick. No, you never can. I did really feel for Lynn, though, at the end of that first half when they try to get the field goal, make it 21-3 going to the half, at least show a little bit of fight, maybe get a little bit claw back into that game. Yeah. Just have it blocked in return. And just the look of just, what the hell can I do? On, yeah, as he was moving, in, moved on to the, uh, to the, better, the, the, the locker room. 45 to nothing in a game where they gave up 69 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. 
yeah. Bad. Uh, final point. Uh, Taysom Hill, second start, finally throws touchdown passes, looks, has looked really good through two games. Through two? I thought that was through three now because it was the Denver. Three. Yeah, they started Denver last week. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that yeah, game yeah. because it shouldn't count. No, it should not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, no. They, I don't showed, count uh, that game. they showed Hinton in the box. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. They're like, hey, this was the quarterback last God. week. I was just like, well, well, and that was and that was a point I made to to a lot of my friends coming into this game. I was like, the Broncos are going to be pissed because the NFL shit all over them. Yeah, here you go, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. We're going to move you three times. Here, yeah. yeah, you guys have winning records. Your potential playoff teams, potential undefeated team. Oh, Denver, you're losing. No, oh, you don't have any quarterbacks. No, no, sorry, we're not moving your game. Yeah, yeah. and then. Roger Dell doubled down on that. He's like, we're not going to move games just because one position unit is affected. It has to be within the percentages. I'm like, oh, I feel like okay. exceptions Cupcake. have been made. Yeah. I, I don't believe that that is a true statement if you look at how they've handled COVID. I right. feel like they've been so inconsistent with how they've handled it based on what teams are involved. You can clearly tell what owners that they are favoring in those yeah. decisions. Oh, yeah. T- and like I said, the Denver Broncos are at a built-in disadvantage because their owner is not an active owner. That yet. situation is a clusterfuck, too. It is. It That's, absolutely that is. whole thing. There's, there's literally a lawsuit mm-hmm. between family members in there yes. of the oldest sisters and one of the uncles that wants to, they want to expedite the process of the team being sold. Mm-hmm. Because they feel like that would have been Pat Bowen's wishes, Jeez. and yet their his his second wife, his widow, um, she is saying that no, that's not what he wanted. He wanted one of his kids take over, one of his seven kids, and they do have a thirty year old daughter that is in the organization in her second year now in the front office with the idea that this three person trust who was appointed uh, by Pat Bowen in two thousand nine. This was the intention is for them to groom one of their kids to become the day to day operator of the huh. team. Yeah, and I feel like that just if they have a three person trust in place, like it's a no brainer. Go yeah. with what the what he actually did. Yeah, yeah. Like, and what yeah. now the older sisters are suing based on the fact that they say that the, the their dad was already suffering from Alzheimer's in two thousand nine and was not in a proper state of mind to be able to appoint a team a trust to take over, which they didn't take over for until five years later. Yeah. But so this is, and it's this lawsuit's not even isn't even scheduled to go to court till July of next year. Well, I mean, everything's so being this pushed is, back because of the whole COVID. Yeah. Thing well, well so. but also, if there's anything that NFL owners hate, it is unresolved, nasty, unresolved ownership mm-hmm. situations like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And so, I wouldn't be shocked in the least if in this off season they step in and say, "Hey, you're selling the team." Sorry, that's right. It. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, that's where yeah, no. Denver. Yeah. They clearly don't show any favoritism towards Denver because of that. Right. I think that's why they were just like, yeah, yeah, double middle fingers to you guys. You know, You're going to play anyway. Have fought that. Oh, fought, absolutely. That yeah. Game moved and it would have happened. With, yeah. With his relationship with the league, mm-hmm. he he was one of the more respected owners. He would have been able to get that game. Yeah. Moved. Right. Yeah. Um, and, I, and that's where I give Denver a lot of credit for right. fighting this last week. And they really, I told friends, and you know, I've got certain friends that they. Just think the Chiefs should be kicking everybody's ass every single week, and that's just not a you know, reality. It's, it's not a reality when you're the defending champions, because again, we've you're talked over and best, over again. Yeah. You're getting everybody's but best look. This was also a Denver team that came out with something to prove, and For they sure. played a great game. Mm-hmm. It's just the Chiefs still pulled it out. Better. Yeah. But yeah, back to the point about Taysom Hill. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. That's <laughs> perfectly fine. Uh, Hill through three games, I guess now. Uh, so pretty good. I don't think that he's the long-term answer as far no. as, like, because of his age, really. Like, the upside's just not there. Like, mm-hmm. But I do think that he can be a great bridge until they find that guy. Agreed. 
they're not going to be in position, I don't think, unless this draft does go six deep, which more and more experts are saying that you could see six quarterbacks taken in the first round of this draft, Oof. adding Mac Jones and Ch- Kyle Trask uh, yeah. to the four that are, we're already saying. Uh, which, they're both um, invited to the Senior Bowl. That would be yeah. insane. Uh, that Senior Bowl is going to look stellar this year. I am so excited yeah. to watch it. Uh, Kyle Trask having kind of the Joe Burrow season, and then Mac Jones. It's not just the receivers. You see some of those throws to Devontae Smith yeah. this past week who had an insanely good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac that, Jones very quietly is doing yeah. a Joe Burrow kind <laughs> of season. Yeah. But, yeah, you have two guys in the same conference who are going to play most likely for the SEC title game who are both kind of having the same storyline breakout. Nobody really expected them to be Heisman candidates, and they're right. both probably going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless they trade up from where they're at, the Seahawks – or Seahawks uh, – the Saints are most likely not going to get one of those guys no. mm-hmm. unless one falls down that far, which is possible. But in that situation, I think if they're going to go for a quarterback this year, they're going to want to trade up. Yeah. But – I think they wait a year anyways, see what Taysom can do. If he can lead you to the playoffs a couple years, do that. Why mm. not? Pick up quarterbacks on the cheap and get your guy when when you have to. But I honestly did see, um, and this would definitely break my heart, um, but I did see some uh, things out there. We were, we were talking about it on different uh, forums, and someone was like, well, what about, you know, since the Lions are getting a new GM and a new coach, like moving Matt on Stafford. from Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford, I have seen them. Yeah, and this. Matt Stafford is 31 years old. He's pretty young. Like, he was a starter before he turned 21. Mm-hmm. He's a 10 year starter. I think he, and he was drafted at 20 years old. Yeah, he was drafted at 20 years old, and he's a he's he turns. That'd he, be incredible. I'd love to see right. Matthew Stafford in that system. Mm-hmm. It would, like I said, it would break my heart. But oh yeah, yeah but but in the same fact, like I have seen get a lot. Him, this is being let him go get a Super Bowl. How like, many different staffs that he's dealt with? Yeah, they're going to be dealing with a new coaching staff. Right. New front office, and they like Matt Stafford. They're, they're going to do. They're going to do guy. right by him. This, if they're going to trade Matt Stafford, it's going to be this, this year. Yeah, uh, I could, I could see that. Yeah. Um, be great fit. Like I said, I'd that'd love be, to see that. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Let him finish his career winning games with Sean Payton and some stellar yeah. receivers. Yeah, and maybe win a Super Bowl. You know, maybe. I, he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would oh, definitely. definitively argue that. I think I've told Ty he's like the next, the generation right after Romo's Romo. Yeah, he doesn't get the respect he deserves because he plays for a team with not a whole lot of talent around him overall, right. mm-hmm. and teams mm-hmm. just you just expect him to will these teams to wins, right. and it's just like that's not it, logical. It's not I, no. Yeah, and people like there's people so many factors that him play into it. Yeah, right. people disrespect him a lot because they're like, well, he was thrown to Calvin Johnson for the first little bit. Right. Y- yeah, right. but in the same fact, like he was also spreading the ball around to other receivers, and he's turned like I mean, he got. LeBron a new contract. He got, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he made Marvin Jones look good. He made mm-hmm. Golden Tate look well, good. He yeah, made, go he look at like, the receivers that when they left the Lions, how, how they got paid. Yeah. That's a good indication of how good a quarterback is yep. if they're still able to spread around that ball and right. get guys paid who aren't the star. Right. I mean, Kenny Dalligate. I was going to say, who the hell was Kenny Dalligate coming into this? Like, yeah. Right. Man. Wish he'd come back from his hip, but you know, <laughs> yeah. but Kenny Hey, stuck. you guys are one game out of the wild card in the NFC. So <laughs> take that, right Bears! There. Oh man, <laughs> in Chicago's face! Goodness gracious! Oh my god! Oh. Wow! Yeah, that was a game. As soon as I saw that, like saw Trubisky do that, I just oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into our picks this week. Let's do this. Uh, starting out, Patriots versus Rams on Thursday nights. Mm. It's so weird because there is that part of me that wants to go Bill Belichick. Super Bowl rematch. Mm. 
But man, I just do talk Super Bowl. Rams are yeah. playing right now. Even with that loss to the Niners. <laughs> just man, the Rams played such a good game, but God, they are so inconsistent. Right. Yeah, they are. Because yeah, I mean, was it the week before that they played the Niners? <laughs> and you shat the bed? <laughs> is it like is it one week on, one week off? Is this an mm. off week? I'm gonna go Rams. Patriots are staying in LA. I just well, you look at how few like the Patriots could kick the crap out of the Chargers by having such a limited passing game like that. I, I don't think they can do it to the Rams. I agree. I think it's Rams this week. I think uh, they're the better team overall. Yeah, I'll go Rams. Belichick. With that said, Belichick's just gonna be like, haha, hold my dick. Pretty much, because that's yeah, that's what he does. And Cam Newton's gonna throw for like 80 yards and sit there and laugh around the whole game like he owns the. Place. Well, I mean, Bill Belichick's good at taking one player out of the game. And so, like, he chose Herbert this week, and he took Herbert out. And it's just like that's mm-hmm. what he's done. And so it's like, who is it going to be? If he takes out Goff and forces another turnovers, puts it in the defense's hand again, then we have the same thing that happened to well, the Chargers. But they also got lucky with two – was it two special teams touchdowns yeah. or a special team and a defensive touchdown? It was a punt return and a blocked uh, – Okay, yeah, block and the blocked field goal, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's not going to happen every week. That, uh, uh, what is it, Olnuski or something like that? Yeah, it was – He uh, had 181 he have, uh, returning yards. He should have had more – uh, he got a Ooh. return touchdown uh, called back. back for an oh, yeah. absolutely terrible call. Yeah. This whole blindside block uh, call is ridiculous because sometimes they're calling it when a guy just, like, actually stands. No, like, it, the guy who threw the, the blindside block, it did actually, like, help him score the touchdown. If it can help your the player score – and they're just blocking a guy that would make the tackle. What? Why is that illegal? That's part of football. Yeah. Like, I mean, why do you have a hold of, you know pulling guard, and pulling tackle? Like, you have plays like that so you can exactly light up a defensive end who's you not know? expecting it. Right. Yeah. Uh, next game, Colts Raiders. Uh, I'm going Colts in this. Uh, I don't think. I think they're my boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't trust the Raiders anymore. They almost lost to the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> they should have lost to the Jets. Yeah, that was that was what a minute ago. Was it even a minute ago when they got the fourth? Seconds. The forty-three seconds. I thought. Man, jeez. Yeah, it was bad. Or maybe yeah, no, no. Sorry, there's was it was a minute and four seconds. My bad. There's another game that was forty-three seconds. Yeah, no timeouts. A minute and four, and you. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was. Yeah. So you're going Colts? I take. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure. Uh, Steelers versus Bills. Oh man, um, I'm gonna go Bills. I just it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a want pick, yeah. but Bills Boy. are looking good right now. Damn. I mean, I know it's it's a, you know still a depleted Niners roster, but I just think I think uh, the Bills are another team that could expose the Steelers, and I think the Steelers are passing the ball way too much. And I yeah I'm, I like Buffalo in this because this is again this is a motivated should Buffalo James squad. Connor back so mm, true. Uh, that will most likely alleviate how much Big Ben is passing the ball. Mm. Um, I I'm going Steelers. I'm, I'm I, going with the Bills. Got to. I think the Steelers have that bounce back. Yeah, I got to keep faithful with the team that I like. So. Uh, Ravens versus Browns, huge matchup for the wild card. Yeah, this is going to be a fun uh, one. I'm gonna go Browns. I think they're hotter right now. I think I'm. Yeah, I'm also going Browns. Just I think, uh, man, that's when it's in good weather. You, you saw it was in good weather, and I, I saw something that during that game somebody made the point that well maybe they just uh, you know they they've been playing in, in 
ter- terrible weather of late, and maybe they were just excited to get to play in a good weather game. And I don't know what the weather's going to be like for this game, but yeah, I'm going to go Cleveland, man. They're just they're rolling. I uh, I'm going to go Ravens on this one. Um, I like um, I do like the Ravens obviously to beat Dallas. Uh, I think that this is when the Ravens start to roll. Duh. Yeah, I think that this is when the Ravens start to roll, <laughs> finally getting all their team better. Um, and the Giants, or I mean, we'll see who, if the Browns get some healthier pieces on defense. But, I mean, they've been susceptible to the run, and I feel like J.K. Dobbins, this is the season. Like, he started turning out beforehand. We'll see what happens, obviously, coming back from COVID. But I just feel like the Ravens are just going to break them down. Well, I, I will break you. Um I Cardinals versus you. Giants. If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> Another game that, I mean, I guess not really affecting wild card, but two potential playoff teams. Um, I'm going Cardinals, Giants, Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to go Cardinals too. I mean, Giants are playing better, but I don't see Colt McCoy doing this two weeks in a row. Well, I know Jones might come back next week, but I see. Yeah. Cardinals are tired of the. I mean, they're out of the thing, but, I mean, I got to pick my boy, Kyler. So, I'm going with it. You're my boy, Blue. And the final game, Chiefs versus the Dolphins. Going Chiefs. I, I think Ooh, we all know who Chefs I'm going to go and with. Dolphins. Uh, Tua, Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I do want to mention that, that Dolphins-Bengals game real quick. Just that absolute mess that fiasco that was going on that was bullshit Two that, looked that cincinnati gone. player yeah oh no i'm talking about oh, the, the, the fighting yeah that, parker that punches. cincinnati player twice you take out jakeem grant before he even gets the ball right and not just like hey i'm gonna you know like Full just levels the dude yeah. and you see brian flores go three quarters of the way across the field and he, he talked after the game he's like i shouldn't have done that that's right. on me uh you know i've got to i can't i gotta keep my cool i can't let my my emotions get the best of me. Right. I don't blame him. He's standing up for his dude at that point. Yeah. And that's what, the, that's what those Dolphins players were doing. They, that, they, that they fired rallied back, up, too, like, yeah. because yeah. of that. I mean, it was, it was uncalled for. And then also, I mean, just the – I hope it's not a Zach Taylor thing, but just, like, the dirtiness on the sideline, too, with Xavier Howard, like, in Devon – which they should Parker? not have been. They, they yeah, should not. Parker. Neither of them should have been tossed in that point. But. Right. But, yeah, it was like just the, like the nastiness over on the sidelines. Like, ah, oh, you're over on our sideline. And then it just led to – Bad, bad thing. Was, yeah, and he got dirty. Zach dirty Taylor, which quick. not surprisingly, you know, he stood up for his guy, but to cut, straight up come out and say he's like, oh, he didn't have any, you know, he, he this this wasn't his intent was to, you know to go after anybody, blah blah blah. And I know you're going to stand up for your guy, but no, nah, man. Sometimes if a player like that does that twice, that's that's malicious. Oh, absolutely. Huh. A uh, coach with heavy ties to Nebraska sta- standing up for dirty play. <laughs> <laughs> that is strange. Oh, oh man. Are you, are you sensitive on, on this issue? Or? I can get on I, I, I mean, just you think about guys like Indomitian Sue, like uh, oh, he's an angel. Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito, man. <laughs> he's an angel. Uh, Lawrence Phillips. I, just guys that were Also dirty. an angel. <laughs> I don't think he's up there. Yeah. Who? He might, Lawrence Phillips. He's dead, but he's yeah. up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was some, yeah, he did some things. He murdered a guy so, in prison. I'm not so here to, that. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, he yeah. He was. He got in some trouble at Nebraska, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that boy just needs football. It's a well, famous God. line. Uh, okay, Coach. Yeah. Coach Osborne. Old Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll take a little bit of a break, and we'll get back with some college football, college basketball, 
couple NBA trades that were huge. That oh, yeah. Coming. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back in a little bit. Interesting. Debo. All right. All right. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to get into some college football, some storylines coming up. Uh, the best game of the year. Best, 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 game uh, the best finish. I would say the best regular, like, game to end in regulation. So I'd still put the Notre Dame Clemson game right up there with it. Oh, right. That was, that good was too. an insanely good game, especially. My votes for that one, BYU. Yeah, and uh, according BYU to Brady Quinn, closer. you know, because they absolutely dominated that game against yeah. <laughs> That was ridiculous. Dumbass. Uh, Brady Quinn, ta- breaking down the playoff <laughs> rankings last week, uh, said that the that Notre Dame deserved to be number one because they completely dominated Clemson. Didn't mention that Clemson was – or he did mention, he goes, I don't care backup quarterback, backup defensive players. They manhandled – that Clemson team, and I'm like double overtime. Oh, really, double overtime by one oh. possession. Like obviously one possession. Like, oh, God. with without the best quarterback in potentially Clemson history there, mm-hmm. um, and which is saying something considering a few really good front seven players. <clears throat> yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> that comment gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mind boggling. Oh God. Uh, so we have some projected. Obviously, a few of them are locked in, but projected title games. For the Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. uh, most likely Alabama versus Florida. I think that one actually is locked in. Will for sure be played that way because uh, Florida yep. has the tiebreaker over Georgia, one game to go in the regular season. Bama, same thing over uh, Texas A&M. And so, one of them doesn't play this week, I thought. I mean, uh, both of them both, play this both, week. Yeah, never mind. Sorry. Uh, they both play, <laughs> yeah, and then they play the title game. Oh, get um, nasty. I, I think you're thinking of the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Right. I think – uh, Notre Dame opted out of one of their – or something like that. Maybe they opted yeah. out of their last – one of their games. I think that the conference just wanted – since it was – couldn't – nothing could affect who was going to the mm-hmm. title game. They wanted to make sure that both teams are healthy going in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of canceled the last week for yeah, both thinking. teams. That'd be um, ironic if they still had outbreaks between the two schools, just <laughs> even in a week <laughs> off, you know, not playing anybody. Knock on wood because – well, in – the funny thing is, they do have a one-loss Miami team mm. right there. Mm-hmm. Their one loss is to Clemson, and I know it was a blowout loss, but, I mean, there's three one-loss or fewer teams in the ACC, and Miami's right there in the top ten. So, uh, yeah, you get number one versus number six in the SEC title game, Florida playing out of their minds since that loss to A&M, which is a three-point loss. A&M's one loss was to Bama, Kyle Trask, which was a four-touchdown loss. And A&M struggled this last week, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. A&M, why uh, uh, they the made college a... football playoff rankings said that they didn't have A&M higher um, was because of how they struggled with uh, LSU, and then they struggled it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll see this next week, but them struggling with Auburn obviously probably doesn't help their yeah. case. Um, I also just don't think you – can sleep on Mond. I think Mond is a mm-hmm. fantastic college right. quarterback, and that was just kind of <clears throat> what happened with that. I mean, still, Florida didn't take care of opportunities in that game, right. but Everyone Mond is still Everyone that it's going to be this <clears throat> top four because uh, I think a lot of people assume Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame to force that to be two ACC mm-hmm. teams. And who knows at this point? Because, like, if, if Notre Dame does beat Clemson again, mm-hmm. Clemson's knocked out of that top four definitively. Yeah, and one of those SEC teams could move up. I mean, if Ohio State doesn't play this week against Michigan, then they don't play the Big Ten championship game. They still play that weekend, but they're not in the championship game. And 
I mean, Gary Barta said definitively last week, he said, you know, the more tape you give us, the more we have to consider. That's why you may be seeing some of these two lost teams ahead of undefeated and one lost teams who have played fewer games. Right. Um, but, yeah, and again, that is where a Florida or a Texas training. and will have an advantage because they right. did play more games. Absolutely. And, and something, you know, so many people, myself included, just didn't really think it's, much of A&M coming into the season. No. Think but, about this. It's kind of like the situation the Big 12 dealt with in 07. Uh-huh. Where Tech, Oklahoma, Tech, Oklahoma, and... No, I'm talking about the... Mizzou? Uh, Mizzou, oh, Mizzou, oh Mizzou, that's Oklahoma right, year, that's right. Where you have the definitive, everybody knows it's the best team in the conference. Then two teams where you're like... Yeah, they're solid, but are they national title contenders? No. And A&M could be the one that benefits from Florida playing Alabama in the title game and being in the same conference or same division as Bama. They won't have to play them again. Yeah. So no matter but, what, they should finish with one loss. But people yeah. shouldn't be as surprised about A&M because A&M actually closed out the second half mm-hmm. of last year playing much better football. And people were down yeah. on them. It was like, well, yeah, but they, you know, where were they? Where were the wins? They also played in one of the historic. Ago, one specific person on this podcast was very down on A and M. yeah, that's why I yeah, this is uh, a, a redemption, a right mini, now. a mini <laughs> apology. But yeah. they played in one of the most historically great divisions in a conference. Oh, last year. You need to issue yeah. an apology when you had a historically great LSU team. You still had Alabama in that con- yeah. in that division. Yeah, without the injury and, to Taco Viola, they're probably a one loss. Yeah, they yeah. remind me of I can't remember which season it was. I think it was eleven mm-hmm. uh, when it was LSU Bama that played for the title, mm-hmm. and when Arkansas was also one of the best teams in the country that year. Probably like a top-five team, but they were still in the, uh, the SEC West. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. team beat LSU, who was the eventual champion in the yeah. season. It was, it was 11 because it was back-to-back years when K-State played <laughs> definitively one of probably the three or four best teams in the country in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And that was when 11-12 K-State was awesome, the Colin Klein years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we played Arkansas that year when they when – they, uh, um, were third in the SEC West, and then when the next year was when we played Oregon, when they probably should have been the team playing right. Alabama for the national title. Right. So. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even, I mean, even the Big 12, I mean, you have nine versus 11. Uh, Oklahoma playing much better since the Iowa State game was their back to, second of their mm-hmm. back-to-back losses. Uh, went and looked at it, uh, researched uh, – Overall, just how Spencer Rattler's played since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those two games against Iowa State and Kansas State, he threw four, combined four interceptions. He's thrown three since. Uh, he's thrown 14, 14 touchdowns to three interceptions. I didn't look up his rushing touchdowns. So that could be even more added to it. And that, I mean, all but one were great, like fairly good to great games um, as far as like his production. So he's kind of come into his own. Uh, having an impressive uh, freshman season like we all expected him to after the, the first couple weeks. And, mm. I mean, obviously, they haven't – we mentioned in a few podcasts, this is the first freshman quarterback they've had since before before Trevor Knight. Uh, I want to say it was probably uh, – shoot, what's his name? Uh, Landry Jones' freshman year? Yeah. And even then he was only starting because, because of Sam Bradford. Bradford being hurt. Yeah. So that's, what, twenty. 2011, 2012? That would have been Bradford got – so that would have been 2010 because Bradford was – no, it would have been 2009 because Bradford was drafted. Jesus. That's a long <laughs> in, time in have to deal with a freshman quarterback. Yeah. But either way, yeah, they, they had some growing pains. Much better team right now uh, than where they were at the beginning of the season. And it was a, a seven-point game against Iowa State the first time. And Oklahoma kind of stormed back in the second half. Uh, he played – 
Spencer Rattler played a lot better in the second half than the first. Mm -hmm. So I expect that to be a great game. Mm. Iowa State, as we said last week, going for their first uh, Big 12 Conference Championship in football ever. Um, and first conference title overall since. You just got to like the way that team is playing. 1912. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, you do have to love how they, that team plays with some passion. Right. And like we said before, Brees Hall said it best. That's a five-star culture versus five-star prospects. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love that even more because I didn't real I forgot that Tom Herman was the offensive coordinator at Iowa State, and Iowa State wanted him really bad, mm -hmm. and he took the Texas job, and it wasn't really available when the, they ended up hiring Campbell. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember a lot of fans were kind of bummed that he wasn't like, they're like, we yeah. can't get him from Texas. So, but they got the better coach. I yeah. think that not that I don't think that Tom Herman's a bad coach. I will, no, but I, yeah, I don't think he's a Texas school program coach. I think oh. he can be. I th ah. Here's what I think that happens to a lot of coaches, and I thought this over quite a bit after we talked uh, mm -hmm. via text about uh, <clears throat> about this job. I think that sometimes guys live off of the coach that they coach under's success a little bit too much. Oh yeah, don't actually build anything for themselves because mm -hmm. you think about it. Tom Herman left. Ohio State took the, the Houston, uh, job. Houston job, and mm -hmm. after just a few years there, took a huge job. Yeah, mm -hmm. didn't really get to come into his own as a coach, build didn't build that program anything. Like all. no, he took a program that was already built, mm -hmm. built up. I mean, they went from Art Briles to uh, Kevin, Ke yeah, Kevin, someone to him. Mm -hmm. I want to say, uh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that was the run on coaches that they or there might have been one more in between, but their run on coaches, they had a lot of good coaches go through. Houston, yeah. uh, he didn't really have to do anything to build that program. And that's something that I think young coaches and, like, Campbell didn't fall into that. Like, the first few years, he was already getting hype as being, like, the best, like, next great Power 5 coach that's going to take one of those big jobs. And he's like, no, I want to build something. Yeah. Right? And I think if he does eventually take one of those big jobs, he'll be way better prepared for it than a mm -hmm. Tom Herman mm -hmm. who lived off of Urban Meyer's success. Right. And then never matured into his own as a coach. Like, that's just something that – a trend you see in college football. You're like, well, this coach didn't get worse at coaching. Yeah. yeah. What happened? Oh, he never, he never learned how to run a program. Right. Well, and I, and I think a lot of it – I do agree. I think Herman's been learning on the job right. a lot with this. and Because yes. you have seen incremental improvement. And he is the best coach that Texas has had since Mac Brown. For sure. Uh, I mean, because, you know, Charlie Strong had his moments. Uh, I – I think I'm forgetting somebody who was in it. Was was Muschamp? No, no, Muschamp no he was, was only the D coordinator. He was the, the coach in waiting. Coach in waiting, and then yeah. he left for Florida, <laughs> right. which everybody thought was going to be Charlie Strong's job. Mm -hmm. Ironically, yeah, yep. they kind of flipped where everybody thought they were going to be. That's right. Uh, but yeah, and but Muschamp, he's, Muschamp's out, right? In, uh, yeah, South Muschamp and, got got fired. And I mentioned to yeah, it's South Carolina. Uh, and and I mentioned how there was a couple breaks go the other way for for Texas this year. Mm -hmm. They're in they're in the college playoff hunt. Yeah. I mean, they were right there probably as one of those five or six teams being mentioned for a spot. And played a close game with Iowa State, played a close the game. close game, yeah. yeah you, you lost in four overtimes to Oklahoma. And so, and they've got, you've got a, the best quarterback they've had since Colt McCoy and Sam Ellinger. Mm. And this is something where I, I mentioned off camera, and I'm going to mention it now, is what you saw after they lost to Iowa State last week in that heartbreaker, mm -hmm. two of their seven team captains opt out, who they have mm -hmm. NFL prospects, so sure. I will, you know, not gonna. I wouldn't usually be critical of that, but with two games left in the season, basically you're like, all right, well, we're not winning a Big 12 title, so we're out. And I hated that it was against my my Wildcats that was the next team on the schedule 
But you could see that a lot of those Texas players were pissed off. Oh, yeah. And Sam Ellinger never came out and said anything. He, he said, hey, those are my dudes. You know, if that, that's what they want to do, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's I, I accept them. Yeah. You know? the, the thing that's upsetting, though, in that situation is the Big 12 is also a conference that goes straight up two best records make the conference title game. Mm-hmm. If they beat Iowa State, they have they're, they're in. in the title game. They're in. So, yeah. like, them coming out like that and losing to that team at home on senior night, it's just like, okay, I get that you lost two guys, but it was still a close game. Yeah. And you, you still do have more talent than them. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. So, well, no, no, no. They did it after the Iowa State game. Oh, is that They okay. opted out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's when so, once they were out of the Big 12 title hunt. So like, it's even less of out. an excuse for the coaching staff. You had your whole team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big 12 title game on the line. Basically a play-in game for the Big 12 title. Yeah. And you lost at home on senior night with mm-hmm. a senior quarterback who's probably coming back because of the COVID rules. But either way, like – that's not. That's one of the reasons, and I mentioned it in our mm-hmm. text exchange, why Herman's going to be looked at like, all right, you you were in position, yeah, to make a big potentially make a run to a big six bowl game even after losing two games, yeah, and you fumbled that opportunity. And there's there's no doubting that you're you're absolutely right, and that's a lot of people are going to look down on Herman, and I think that is why they absolutely hit the pedal to the metal against K State, mm-hmm. and I, I mean K State, it was it was funny because I I texted a couple of my my old classmates from k-state and said uh you know if i don't know if you guys are watching the game but a few few points i'm taking away from it offense has shown a lot of improvement yeah. offensive line has had their best game of the season deuce vaughn continues to look like a future heisman candidate and uh, yeah well uh, malik Knowles, our talent most talented wide receiver finally played his best game of the year wasn't dropping passes and wasn't having focus issues just the defense got Absolutely steamrolled by their mm. running game. I mean, Bajan Robinson, the true freshman running back for Texas, was a touchdown. machine. Yeah, this kid's gonna like, be a stud. Like the, some of the, and it was just, oh my god, yeah, we almost got him for a three yard, just a three yard carry, and we've got three guys on. Oh, there he goes streaking down the sideline. Well, yeah, that, that was one. There was one where it looked and like he was about god. to go down, and then just yeah, got it was there. enormously was like, frustrating. And Will Howard continues to, he had some moments, and he probably played the best game he has in the last month. But I. I really want Skyward Thompson to come back next year, <laughs> and I want Jake Rubley then to win the win the job in 2022. But anyway, that again, Deuce Vaughn had a couple plays himself in this. Where Bijan Robinson wasn't the only true freshman running back showing out in that game. Yeah, Deuce right. Vaughn and I texted you guys a stat that early in that game, Deuce Vaughn became he got over 500 yards rushing, over 300 yards receiving, one of two players in FBS to do that. Mm-hmm. The other is Clemson's Travis Etienne. Like if garbage. you're in company with him, yeah, he's not good. Garbage. Yeah, if you're in company with him, trash. As a true freshman, you're on to some special things. I mean, there right. was the, there was the the one run in particular that I was watching where my jaw basically just dropped. Like he got open in the field and he just turned on the fucking jets and just high horsed and just yeah. What? Like well, it and, was and shocking. He had a, a short touchdown too, where a Texas defender was on him and just. The lateral movement he was able to make like that, and then to hurdle over a diving yeah. defender to get Shifty into the end zone, that gets five five, and he just hurdled over like, probably a six three player. Like, but anyway, that that you know, positives for K State moving forward. But right. again, they got they lost sixty nine to 30, 31. It was exactly hundred points. And <laughs> oh yeah, and <laughs> you could see Texas was out to prove a message. And again, they didn't have anything bad to say about. Uh, I forget the I can't think of the name of the offensive tackle. I know Caden Stearns was the mm-hmm. defensive back who who opted out, and Ellinger, of course, was not going to say a bad thing. But he came out with a with a message to prove, and uh, 
they showed early in the or late in the first half, uh, one of their offensive linemen got rolled up. His knee got. They didn't show when they came back from commercial. They were like, Gus Johnson straight up said, "We're not going to show you this because this is yeah, this yeah, is ugly. as they shouldn't." And it was a senior offensive lineman. And something that stood out to me is you can really see how Texas is is, is rallying right now. Uh, over, I, I don't know if it's maybe also rallying around Tom Herman because you know they hear the rumors too, right. and every single player off the bench came out when he was being carted out to go. Yeah. Derek Kerstetter was his name, and that's something you see a lot of players go out there. You literally saw the entire bench out there, and you saw sophomores and juniors on the sideline just tears rolling down their cheeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a team. The ones who stayed, and Ellinger, from what I understand, before the game went through and he was in the locker room and he was like, Hey, I appreciate you being here. Like, let's, let's go do something special with the rest of this season. Right. And I do wonder if this kid, they showed a video during him of him when he was two years old and sitting there with a football in his hands, a home video and saying, I'm Chris Sims. I'm Chris Sims. Who was the Texas quarterback at the time. Mm. This kid bleeds burnt orange. Yeah. I would not be shocked at all. Well, he's definitely a comeback candidate. Like, he's not a high draft. No, player. maybe a sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh yeah, round pick. If drafted at all. And he's so. A, yeah, I was going to say. But I, in, this, come, in this quarterback draft class, he kind of gets lost. Yes. I mean, and so you come. Project. He could be in last year's class, the class before that, the class before that, the class before that, the class before that. Yeah. He ain't a first round pick. And no no he's, he's playing, he's he playing coy. Lost, he just named it. And he's, he's playing, a, he's he's playing very coy. He's a quarterback. Like. Yeah. Well, I, I saw something and was like, is he going to be a Lamar Jackson or is he going to be a Tim Tebow Tim if he Tebow. goes in the NFL? And mm-hmm. I think everybody knows it would be more of a Tebow. Yes. Now, to that point, um, if he does come back, this is what we were discussing a lot in our text exchanges. Yeah. Is he's perfect with, for he's, if Does this – yeah, with, if he comes back – More motivation than ever to fire Herman. That Yeah, that was like, does that play into Urban Meyer becoming more – intrigued by the job and maybe actually doing so because there has been all the talk that you mentioned last week that USC and Texas, that there is actually some, some legit so steam or some, some legit smoke. Huh? It's more so Texas was, than USC. And with, if, whatever. and if he try, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already trying to contact and back channels, he's, contact Sam Ellinger, like, Hey, Hey kid. Cause they showed and during halftime uh, of the Fox broadcast, urban Meyer was gushing about Sam Ellinger's leadership. I noticed he might, he might've gotten something said to him. Be given the rumors and with it being a media company, because I did notice when I was watching the Iowa game at halftime, they were breaking down the earlier games in the day. He didn't say a word when they went to the Texas game, and they showed extended oh. highlights. He didn't say anything. Yeah. Not one word. Every other broadcaster on that stage said something but Urban Meyer. Yeah, and, and again, he was extremely high yeah. on on uh, Ellinger during – like he, he just, couldn't stop gushing about how much he loved his kid's leadership. Right. You know, you lose two team captains. This is yeah. how you want your leader to play. Mm-hmm. This is this is how you go out and lead your team. And mm-hmm. it, it was, I immediately texted you guys because yep. it just like, I, okay, he's, okay. From what, from what I've read, he's basically calling coaches that he knows that he would basically build his staff around him to see if there's an interest in either like leaving the jobs they're at. Mm-hmm. Right. As coordinators or assistants to join him at Texas if he were to take that job. Yeah. And if he can get the staff he wants, because mind you, the guy has had a, turned a lot of his assistants into head coaches. So there's not that Tom Herman cool, himself. Tom Herman, <laughs> like we mentioned Ryan earlier. Day. Uh, there's another one that's not thinking of that's major, but either way, he's had a lot of co- uh, Mil- uh, Mullen? Mullen. That's Dan who Mullen. it was. Yeah, yeah. Dan Mullen. Uh, He's had a lot of coaches that are head coaches right now. So he basically has to reach into that bag of, like, guys who were <laughs> Josh positions coach to promote to that 
to those uh, <clears throat> to those positions. But if oh, I honestly think yeah. that if he tells Texas, if you offered me a job, I'll take it. Yeah. That they fire Tom Herman the next day. Absolutely, I, I agree with that. Other than that. I don't see Texas parting with Tom no. Herman, especially if Ellinger does come back, mm. and that doesn't that doesn't lead to Urban Meyer to come in. I think mm. that you stick with Herman one more year, right. and because again, he has shown shown improvement year mm-hmm. to year. Uh, I mean, Ellinger's Ellinger's that that kid that is kind of that like mobile guy, like you said, he's fullback playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the issue that I have with Sam Ellinger, it's the fact that like obviously there's he's a college quarterback. That's not going to make it in the levels of the pros because, or it's, that doesn't I always matter, matter, man. Like, but it, it, but like literally, there's plenty of college. I, I mean, just Colin don't. Klein yeah. is a perfect example of that. Yeah. You can be a great mobile college quarterback. Tim Tebow, another one, one of the yeah. greatest co- quarterbacks. He's just not the kid that's going to like change a position. Like Derek yeah. King is talking about changing. He's the not going to be a pro. He's period. not going to be that guy. He's not going to be that guy. <clears throat> he's not. He's not uh, he's Baker in. Mayfield. He's Trace McSorley. Yeah. He's going to be a great college quarterback. Who you? Don't hear about a whole lot yeah. once he gets to the next level. But yeah, again, fine. you could be you could go down as the next great Texas quarterback. So that's why Correct. I think yeah, you come back Correct. given that you have the opportunity right. to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're <clears throat> when you're told, yeah, you're at best a fourth, fifth round pick. Yeah. And that's if you have an incredible senior bowl week. And right? if you're if you're Texas, unless you know for certain you're gonna get Urban Meyer, Was he you don't want to start you don't want to I have no idea. I'm just saying Actually no, I don't think I have, I have, I have no idea. wasn't invited to the senior bowl. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. But yeah. unless unless you know for sure you're getting Urban Meyer, you don't want to. Here's this new head coach for you in your last year at trying to return Texas to national relevance, Sam Ellinger. So good good luck with this guy that we brought from, you know, this this offensive coordinator from this other school. Actually, Ellinger so. is a, uh, if I remember correctly, Ellinger is a alternate because the, obviously the two big names that might not show up, uh, Fields and uh, Lawrence. For the senior bowl? Those guys aren't invited to the senior bowl. They're not seniors. Oh, maybe, who else yeah. am I thinking of? Because I know it'd I know, be like I know, Kellen Mond and it's Trask, Trask and guys like it's that. It's Trask Mond. Um, There's like three other people too. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the two top two guys because they're not seniors. They wouldn't get invited. Uh, but either way, um, Lance. <clears throat> huh? Lance. He's not a senior. He's a sophomore. I thought he was a senior. He's a redshirt. He's only redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah he wouldn't be invited. Um, either way, though, he's not an NFL quarterback, so he's definitely a candidate, especially with them losing their their uh, number one recruit in the country quarterback, decommitted and committed to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely are going to try to convince Ellinger to stay because they don't have that quarterback competition probably that they expected to have next year. And I, I mean, if, if if and if he does come back, and if he does come back, and if if Matt Campbell comes back at Iowa State and you know, with Spencer Rattler, another year of experience under – or it's a year of experience under – Big conference if he yeah. does. Got if Skyler Skyler Thompson, Thompson can come back. I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot of talent at quarterback in, mm-hmm. in that conference. Um, it could be a fun next year in the Big 12. Yeah, definitely. Um, West Oklahoma State, too. I mean, yeah. they've got a young young group of players. Another, uh, another of the title games that's probably set in stone is unless – your Wolverines opt out this week, which who knows? I haven't really heard an update on that. How they're uh, looking the at that'd be so shitty, time. but so awesome at the same they, time. From what I heard, like lane. Harbaugh does not want to miss that game no matter what. Right. That's why I was which gonna, he he realizes that if he beats Ohio State, it's his job saver. The funny thing is, it's like That's I think it's the highest, the largest point spread it's ever been. It's ever been in the yep. series history, and it just strikes me because of it's like the, the things. Game. 
that they've dealt with all season that it could be probably the closest one of the series. Like, not that it will be, but, like, when you have the hype of, like, being, oh, it's going to be a blowout, Ohio State needs it and everything, like, I could see Michigan with backs against the wall, their coach's job on the line, new quarterback starting, like, haven't played in two weeks. Maybe they come out and not beat them, but play Ohio State closer than people think. That would be the most ironic thing if they Wouldn't do, or if this would be to the game where the Harbaugh finally is yeah. able to beat Ohio State. I mean, we only have one game of Caden McNamara to go off of, but he looked pretty good. Yeah, would have been nice to see him another week it's before Ohio half, State because huh? when he replaced uh, Milton, was it one and a half game? Yeah, because he replaced Milton and he like he threw a touchdown pass like the first <clears> play he replaced. Oh, okay. But either way, not not a whole lot. I want you want more than one full game for him before he goes against one of the top five teams in the country. But like I said, with everything that Ohio State's dealt with all year, with cancellation of games and everything, like yeah, they need to blow out Michigan. But that doesn't mean it will happen. And like I said, Harbaugh with his back against the wall, he's another guy we'll probably know in the next. What I read online within the next ten to twelve days, whether. Harbaugh is going to be Michigan's head coach moving forward because of the contract and because of the early signing period coming up in two mm-hmm. weeks. You don't want a bunch of recruits in limbo no. not knowing if the coach that they're agreeing to sign with is going to be there. Right. And they have a really good class. I went and looked at it. There's, there's a couple guys who are basically – Holding off, they changed. They were committed, and, then, and now yeah, they're, they they took other. They didn't even decommit. One of them took a took a visit to Alabama, and another one is cons, has basically said he's going to reannounce where he's going if he's sticking with Michigan, and the timeline kind of matches up with oh, yeah. when he'll know if Harbaugh's there or not. Right. Um, so that's, that's huge. That's definitely like the unfortunate thing when it comes mm-hmm. to that because um, I, I I like. I like Harbaugh, obviously, as like a coach, but in the same fact, he hasn't been doing it. Or two losing seasons as a head coach in 14 years. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where it's like Michigan is definitely that program that like we want to win now, and that's hard because there's sometimes where we let we let talented people go because they're not who we want. Looking at you, Lloyd Carr. One of my favorite coaches of all time. We let Lloyd Cargo. He also brought he back like more talent than you guys have ever brought back right. in Blade of an Egg. Oh, like and, that, did, and that's like, like the thing that lost to a D1 AA school. Yeah, finished like Appalachian third in his, State. Yeah, yeah, that was he got fired because people thought he was past his prime. No, no, uh, we lost to Appalachian State with Rich Rod. No, you didn't. It was in 07. It was. It was. It was 07. I know that. I saw that earlier. It was Lloyd Carr's last it, year. Lloyd Carr's last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. I, but like, so Lloyd Carr was still. A great Michigan coach, oh, no doubt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was, he won a national title. And that was with Chad Henney yeah. and Mike Hart. Right? Yep. Yeah. Both yeah. both came back after going almost to overtime with an Ohio State team that went to the national title, and Ohio State lost everybody, and they brought everybody back. So everybody yeah. thought that they were going to be right in the national title. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Opening week, yeah. And mm-hmm. opening week, they lose to Appalachian State. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a uh, but like so. Yeah, we've obviously, and then we mm-hmm. failed with the Rich Rod because bad choice. Yeah, bad choice. Um, so I like kind of what's going on, and I like the, the draft class that we have. But the thing that has been saving the Michigan program right now is the amount of players drafted to the pros. Michigan's still obviously blue blood, hurts, top destination. Honestly, I think it hurts Harbaugh more than anything. Yeah. Like getting players drafted and not having success on the field hurts the coach even more. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, because even like last, last night, we saw Josh Uche and Chase Vinovich like dominate on a, you know, depleted Patriots. 
defense. Mm-hmm. And there's so many players in the league that you're like, oh, Michigan boy, oh, Michigan boy, oh, Michigan boy, oh, Michigan boy. And it sucks because you're just sitting there being like, these guys are making it into next level, and we can't get our shit figured out. Yeah. At this Honestly, level. you guys can't get one position figured out, and that's quarterback. Yeah. That's been Michigan's biggest issue. You haven't had a quarterback better than above average in the entire time Harbaugh's been there. Right. The, like, you have been stacked at receiver at points, mm-hmm. tight end at different points, offensive line, right. and we defensive lost, line, defense overall. Right. Like, And we lost all of our wide receiver talent because they got pissed off because they didn't have a quarterback. Because they had Shea last yeah, year. Exactly. Because, I mean, Donovan we should have left early yeah. because of Shea Patterson. Right. He left early in a deep wide receiver class and got drafted super late because he didn't want to play football at Michigan. It's it sucks. The guy at the top of your depth chart going into spring ball last year, transferred to Iowa, now transferred yeah. to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, same kid. He's trying to get every Big Ten school before he leaves college. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But, get yeah, you guys have – no, ever since – like you had Peoples-Jones, and who was the other really solid receiver that was right next to him? Um, Nico. Collins. Nico Collins, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The two, yeah, yeah. Nico Collins and nothing out of them, like nothing substantive out of them at all. Right. I mean, that's so, why, like, we were so shocked when Donovan Peoples Jones was like, "I'm going to go ahead and go to." Yeah, no, like, it was, I was like, like I texted we, Aaron. I, right yeah, there. I remember we were like, "That's a what?" Like, like you don't even he barely has a draftable grade right now because of the tape on him. It's just it's non-existent. Patterson. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely was one of those things as well that I did say. I was like, his combine is going to prove it. And literally, yeah, and it did. His, his vert. <laughs> that was like, like 42, 44. Yeah. Like that. He had a touchdown wow. yesterday for Cleveland. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be a solid a decent, player. Yeah, decent oh, yeah. rookie year. Yeah, it just felt like a he's player that you're like, ah, he needs one year. I thought he was a transfer candidate, not necessarily a, right. a draft candidate when he left. And mm-hmm. he didn't even, he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm out. I'm good. But <laughs> either way, that. Uh, the way this all play, plays out, and then, like I said, we had the game this past week that helped Coastal Carolina mm. uh, playing the number 13 team helps their resume a lot. God, that was such a good game. Kind of moves it to to from our argument last week where we were saying BYU needs to play Cincinnati yeah. to Cincinnati okay. potential play, potentially plays Tulsa two weeks in a row, mm. which I don't like. You're mm. playing them last week of the season. They're the yeah. number two team in your conference. If you beat them, why play it again? Yeah. Right. Especially if it's a blowout. So take away from that title game and schedule the games with the Chanticleers because that mm-hmm. would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coastal Carolina, if, if you did not watch that game, and specifically the end of that game, yeah. Ooh, it was man. a thriller. Yeah, there was 55 seconds left. They got the ball at the 17-yard line and immediately took an 8-yard penalty Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then had to drive. Yeah. They drove 90, 90 yards. They needed to drive 91. In 55 seconds, and the game ended at the one-yard line. Yeah, Zach Wilson well, was dealing. Well, and that's dealing. why. And I texted you guys on the, their possession before that when I, they had second and short, and they ran two straight plays. And I understand they have BYU as a very good running back, right. mm-hmm. but you're at the end of the game, you're losing, and you need to go win the game at that point. And I think put it was with like six minutes left. Yeah. You you put it in in Zach Wilson's hands. Right. That there's. No excuse. For, oh, we're just going to run two straight, two straight plays. Yeah, again, I understand it was like six minutes to go. But with how Coastal Carolina had been running the ball and or just, just dominating the, the, the clock. Yeah, pace of play. They, they uh, took that game. Yeah, and hence, that's, hence why Zach Wilson didn't get the ball again until with just under a minute to go. And so. still almost won the game. And still, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hence why you put God. the ball in the kid's hands, <laughs> yeah. okay? He had that 
that 33-yard pass, like, that was the first big play on that drive. You're like, was that the okay, one? still not a lot of time left, and then 17-yard pass, 13-yard pass. Was that then, the one that was off his back foot? There was one of those that was, like, completely off his back foot, and he, like, winged it, and you're like, how? He's how? had a lot of those this year. Where I know, like, but it's like, how? Like, just, like how's this going to go? Oh, it's right in the receiver's just, red basket. Man, yard shot. Play. And the window. Yeah, one yard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that was tough. Yeah. Good for Coastal Carolina, though. Another, I mean, that's that's another Romney, just a little short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, Gunner Romney. I don't think that was Romney, though, wasn't it? Romney. Oh. Romney had a big Romney catch had earlier. A couple big in the game. Catch. It was because it was. They said it was Zach Wilson's roommate, and I can't remember okay. Lynn, maybe or oh. something like that. Okay. But maybe. they said it was his roommate, and then they even said before, watch for him. Maybe to go for him. Like he definitely has a lot of trust in this guy. Yeah. Sure enough. Uh, I mean, when when he caught it. And it looked like he could. I was like, "Oh my, oh!" And then it was just like the the stop, and then like him like trying to lean forward and like push back. It was just like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> like I have never. I mean, I've been invested. I, I lie when I say that. Uh, I was so invested. Like I, it was one of those points where I literally shouted down the bar rail. And I was like, "Nobody's getting drinks. <laughs> this, I need to. I need this. to see this. I need this." Yeah. Yeah. One of our bar regulars was sitting there, and he was just like, he was like. Why BYU? And I was like, have you not seen Zach Wilson? And I, I converted him on the spot during that game, that last Anybody round. who watches Zach Wilson and doesn't just become a huge fanboy of his, like, that's that guy's impressive. Yes. I would love Exceptional. him in, in blue and uh, gray. I would love him in blue and gray. <laughs> I bet you would. You yeah. want to trade up for some- with Dallas for some picks. I'll take all your picks. <laughs> take all your picks for that. Uh, Please. But yeah, uh, other than other than those games, uh, the Pac-12 only has two undefeated teams, and they're same in the same side of the conference, and neither is going to play more than six games. Nope. So they are probably eliminated, barring and some can. huge chaos at the end, which still I don't think enough chaos can happen to, to get a Pac-12 team in no matter what. Yeah. So they're eliminated. Uh, the... Conference title weekend is a week from this next weekend, so we will have all of that for you guys in a couple weeks. Uh, getting to some college basketball, though, uh, starting to see those COVID concerns come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one team in the country had to cancel the game against the number two team. Uh, one of the super important ones. I mean, it's not super important for Gonzaga. They're, I mean, those teams and, are already up there, and they've it both was, schools have already already come out and said too that they they're looking to try to reschedule yeah, it. It was right. it was important for us because I was really excited to watch that game. That, right? That, yeah, that, that it, and it sucks because the the cancellation came the day of the game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't announce that, and Gonzaga canceled four games. They've uh, and. They'd already, and they'd already trapped. They were already, yeah, they were, it, was, it wasn't at either of the schools. I think it was. Yeah, it was a neutral site. Okay. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in the um, Midwest. And, uh, and so Gonzaga's next game, oh, no, they don't have to play the number two team. Their next game is against the number three team, Iowa. Uh, yeah, right. not, yeah. <laughs> so not exactly ideal. It sucks for Iowa because that could have maybe moved them up to number two. Mm-hmm. So they would have been two games against the number yeah. two team in the first month of the season. But. Either way, like I said, a lot of these major schools, once the COVID stuff happened and they had to rework the schedule, scheduled some really tough games at the beginning of the year just to help the resumes. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially Gonzaga, you play in a shit conference. So yeah. you kind of have to load that. And they loaded it with the number two team, number three team, number 11 team. Is it time for Gonzaga some... to change divisions? It's not that easy. Yeah. What Power 5 team is going to take a team that only is playing basketball? Yeah. And it would have to be the Pac-12 who doesn't need another team. I just, 
There's not I, a division. There, name I like a that coach a lot. Like, yeah, I do too, but in basketball, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's still getting number one seeds. Yeah. They're still making the tournament every year. It, yeah. Like, if anything, why would you change conferences? They've, I mean, they're right there with KU as like winning their conference more than any team has won their conference ever. Yeah. I, it, like, it's just a thought I had. I, nah, I wish it's not, a conference. If you're not a football school, it's not easy. Yeah. They're, they don't generate anything outside of basketball. Oh, man. So, what? uh,. What I wanted to get to with college basketball, ironically enough, with the conversation we were just having about Texas and maybe moving on from Herbin, maybe not because of COVID, I think the coach that benefited the most in college basketball by the school not playing the NCAA tournament Shaka. when COVID happened is Shaka Smart. Mm-hmm. Look yeah, at how we, we've had this playing. conversation before multiple times. Yeah, but, but now look at how his team's playing. Yep. He returned seven, I think eight or eight players yep. that played significant amount of time from last year. And they went out and beat North Carolina. They mm-hmm. beat Indiana. Not not that Indiana's great this year, not that we know yet because it's so early in the season. And beat Davidson and lost by four points to Villanova team who's very good. Yep. Like, Shaka is going to benefit more than any coach in the country. He was, he was going to lose his job last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Absolutely is going to. And I don't think Shaka's a bad, bad coach. I think that some of these programs need longer than what – the boosters are willing to give mm-hmm. to turn these programs around. Mm-hmm. And I really hope because he's a really, his system's really fun that I hope that he can sustain it and compete in the big 12 this year. Mm-hmm. And I th- his job because I like shock. I think they're the second best team in the conference behind Baylor. Baylor. Oh, duh, Baylor. Yeah. I was, I was for some reason thinking KU. I was like, they're not that good. That was my yeah. point. That was my other point is that <laughs> KU, they, they, they had a buzzer beater to beat a Kentucky team that is, is off to the worst not, start yeah, since before great. Calipari. They also front-loaded that schedule as well. Yeah. They played um, a lot of good teams. And, yeah, they, they had a good game with Gonzaga, and Gonzaga mm-hmm. ended up winning handily. And then KU just, uh, I think it was, yeah, Saturday, they, played, they hosted North Dakota State and Barely were that, down. Yeah. They only Probably won by four, and that was because they went on a 7-0 run to end, end the game, game. Yep. you damn near lost at home to North Dakota State. And North a, Dakota State's actually, I mean, they're, they are in the tournament fairly often. Right. That was at a, least that was over the last several watch. years. That was a real rough yeah. watch. Well, yeah, game. and it's, I, I, I will absolutely be that guy. It's just, you know, KU gets the calls. And, you know, there's yeah. not the fans now in Fieldhouse like in the past, and they will lose a certain amount of home, fe- home court the, advantage. The fans aren't the reason why they get those calls. So it, exactly. Like it's, and, they, 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 and that's what I was going to say. Allen Fieldhouse is one of the few places that does get that true home court advantage mm-hmm. when the fans are there. But, yeah, because of KU being the status, the stature that they are, they, they tend to get a few more calls. And that definitely happened down the stretch. They showed one early in the game. When uh, David McCormack, when he turned around and he shouldered a guy, a, a North Dakota State guy, right in the mm-hmm. face, and the guy went flying backwards, no call. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, easy two points for that guy. That guy's like, he like, bashed in the face. And I, it's, I'm a K-State homer. I, I, I will always be on that conspiracy theory. But, mm-hmm. uh, no, this is a, not a good KU team at this point. I mean, they're still good. It's, and Bill Self will probably coach them up. They, Bill Self will coach them up, and they'll probably still get a top four seed, and you know they'll probably be in play for the Big Twelve championship because right. Bill yeah. Self is arguably the best coach in the country. They're, they're honestly like watching Izzo, man. their games. I said arguably, <laughs> not like I like. I hate it. going against Izzo. I just I hate. I yeah. probably like you hate going up against Bill Self. I hate going up against Izzo. I'm like yeah. that guy is so basketball smart, and his team. I it. Your sure school is Jawan Howard. Mine is Bruce freaking Weber. Yeah. Yeah, Weber's. Yeah. There. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ew. 
KU is honestly just free throws made away from being pretty good, though. Yeah. If you watch any of their games, if they make their free throws, they're right True. It at the end against True. Gonzaga. They're probably winning by even more against Kentucky. There is a lot of, like, the few, the few games that I've watched, like, this team's going to have to rely on their small ball playing lights out because they are missing Azubuke mm-hmm. quite a bit, and their big men haven't stepped up well, and very much. But They also don't have the closer that they have the last several correct. years. That I mean, Marcus, Marcus Garrett is their best veteran guard. For sure. And he is not, unless he, unless he emerges as the season continues on mm-hmm. and really makes a true star leap, Sure. Then I mean, he's not what they've had before in a, in a Dots and a Mace and a, a Graham and no doubt going even far back to to uh, wow why can't I think of his name Tyshawn Taylor oh yeah and so like they've always had that guard who emerges in his junior Mario year Chalmers. junior senior year don't even mention that freaking name with me <laughs> Gross. had to poke uh, but no it's and I don't I don't think they have that guy who when they get into close games is going to be able to down the stretch at least especially when they get into Big Twelve play who will be able to win games for it, take over for sure. and win games for them. Mm. Yeah, and it's, and it's not the traditional Big 12 teams that are good, yeah. no. that are good this year. Like I said, like we said, Baylor Texas, Texas, Baylor, uh, Oklahoma State has probably the best freshman in the country, Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah. They don't, they're not oh, even going to get to go play in the postseason either. That's what no, sucks. Yeah. That's, that does suck. Oh, uh, but with that said, like if you watch the, the uh, coaches classic or whatever last week that they do every year with mm-hmm. uh, Duke, KU, uh, Kentucky and, and Michigan, Michigan State. State. The only thing I learned from that bloods. game, honestly, like, oh, there goes here's people. here's my problem that I've had with that that setup. It should include a couple more teams: North Absolutely. Carolina, North Carolina. I would argue Gonzaga. Yeah, at this point, Gonzaga, uh, Michigan, Villanova, Villanova. Villanova. Yep. Michigan recently. I mean, if you go the blue no blood, like, if you go the traditional <laughs> blue recently. bloods, if you go the traditional blue they, bloods, yeah, like UCLA. I'm Indiana saying like you have to have a Hall of Fame coach and a national championship. Okay. Uh, and honestly, UNC deserves to be there more oh, yeah. than Michigan State. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Not even close. It's, I agree it's, with it's that. It's hard to admit that. Like, have even you watched UN, UNC State Villanova. Villanova, 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 yes. UNC, UConn, even. Yeah. I mean, you if look they at, had a Hall of Fame coach right now, then they probably would, but they don't. Yeah, but even with different coaches, I mean, with, with both both yeah, Jim Calhoun and Kevin Ollie, they've been able to win national Butler, championships. We'll just take and their, coach. their most recent national championship was only what seven years ago. I mean, not that one, not that long ago. No, I, I mean, made a Celtics joke, and Aaron did not like it. <laughs> Brad Stevens, I love Brad. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's a, a Villanova or uh, a Gonzaga yeah. definitely mm-hmm. deserves to be there more. Absolutely, at this point. Um, not taking anything away one, from Michigan State. No, not at all. Uh, it's just recently, like, Izzo hasn't won a national title in 22 years. Yeah. No. And so, Roy has won two in the last 15 years? Yes. Mm. Correct. Uh, and, I mean, he, his teams make deep runs. And his, have and, they won? And his team's been there a couple times as well, obviously. Like, yeah. the They've won Lucas three, teams. actually, yeah. haven't they? 05, yeah. North Carolina. He's won yeah. three there. Yeah. 05, 05, 09. 09 yeah. and the, the Hansborough senior and year, and then they did a few years ago. Going right in the middle of Page. Yeah. They, yeah, Marcus Page missed it by a year. That's right because he he hit, he hit the shot yeah. and then uh, oh man, Chris won. Jenkins hit that. Oh my God, that was one. Oh, of those Chris Jenkins, Phil and Nova won. Yeah, that, Page that left and then they won with like Justin Jeffer, Justin Jackson. Yep, that's the that was their star player the next year and then oh Nova God, won. Again. That was probably the most exciting finish to a oh, <laughs> that title game. Two like seen. two game lead taking shots oh in the God. last like. 
20 seconds. Page, with the, and Page had the double pump on yeah. that, too. Woo. Uh, ironically, so Page was on the podcast for Iowa starting point guard because, I mean, Page is from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on his uh, podcast this past week because Iowa plays UNC this uh-huh. week again. And he said, he's like, you know, the, all the historic moments that I had at UNC would have been completely moot, like would have never happened, would have probably never played for a national title if Iowa would have just moved on from their coach before Fran a wow. little bit earlier. He said if, if the program wow. was in a better place at that point in his life, he was going to Iowa. Well, yeah, you look at UNC, they got him, they had Harrison Barnes, I mean, who was from Ames, like Iowa State missed out on They've a kid always, literally in their Roy own backyard. always goes to Iowa. Well, yeah, Kirk Heinrich and Nick Collison. Absolutely. Bugs the shit out of me. Kirk Heinrich's an <laughs> asshole. He has better uh, recruiting ties to Iowa sometimes than Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. getting back to the coach's classic thing that I was saying, the only thing that we really <laughs> learned from, I know, going way back, we've yeah. gone on a we, We're good on tangents. So uh, many tangents. <laughs> but what we learned from that, in my opinion, is just like the three Blue Bloods besides Michigan State have a little ways to go before they're the traditional team that they were. Mm-hmm. Right. So Michigan State completely blew out Duke. Mm-hmm. And, I mean – even Kansas with beating Kentucky, that's – Again, Kentucky it was a buzzer team. beater. It was a buzzer beater, and that Kentucky team has lost three, four games already. Yeah. Uh, and we'll probably lose quite a few more because – Weren't they the ones that lost to Richmond too? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Richmond went from unranked to ninth in one week. Ah, <laughs> yeah. damn. Yeah, that's how much stock they put in the Blue Bloods. If you beat one of them, uh, even as an upset, you are going to skyrocket up those yeah. rankings. But uh, getting to just the last thing I want to touch on for college basketball before we move on to the couple of trades from the NBA, because the NBA <laughs> is starting in about a week and a half. Uh, you're fine. Sorry, Larry, Larry Zonka, Zonka up there. They're showing Larry Zonka, you know, one of the remaining guys from the undefeated 72 Dolphins, <laughs> cheersing and smoking a cigar because the Steelers lost their Same undefeated pins up. Tonight. Oh, my God, that's great. That's fantastic. No team will oh, live man. off of something for longer than that team. Absolutely not. Yeah, they will always dust, dust off those old bastards every time someone gets this late into the season. Rest in season. peace, Don Shula. Yes, rest in peace, Don Shula, R. one R. of the greatest coaches ever. Uh, but the – God, that team. Both uh, preview a few of the <laughs> freshmen that you probably need to watch, like just the top three. We already mentioned one. Cade Consensus Cunningham. number one right now, Cade Cunningham. He's head and shoulders yep. above everybody else in Kids the country. Insane. Uh, a lot of people compare him to like a stronger Sean Livingston mm-hmm. or a smaller Ben Simmons with a higher upside as far as jump shot. <laughs> and a yeah. shot. I was going to say yeah. and a shot. Yeah. <laughs> the outside shot. Uh, just six foot eight. Great handles for a point guard. Great defensively. Like yeah. that kid's going to be great at the next. He's built for the NBA as mm-hmm. it is right now. Uh, from there, BJ Boston, small forward in Kentucky. Yep. Uh, comparisons there are actually to like a Kevin Martin type of player. Uh, solid defensively. Uh, good shooter. Long player. Can defend multiple positions. He was he was the star on a team in high school that had Bronny yes Bronny yeah, James and oh, Zaire Wade yeah. yeah he played at Sierra Canyon yep. oh, yeah yeah and okay no I was I was thinking yeah also Scotty Pippen Jr. no that was Bronny's previous school before they had uh, but there there's other parent there's other yes. NBA pedigree kids Kenyon that were Martin's on there I feel like it might have been well cause, no because Kenyon Martin's kid get just got drafted right but Bronny's been there two years now that kid I mean this is his second year. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's yeah he's a sophomore now, and I think Zaire's done. Zaire's yeah. in college now. Yeah, he's college. Yeah. When's Bronny go to college? Wait, Is no, you? Zaire Zaire Wade's 
a, a senior. I think he was college. a senior last year because we've just got the season started. I don't think I don't think Zaire is in college yet. When's Brian go to college? He's a sophomore, sophomore? now. So yeah. unless Zaire was maybe a year older, uh, he'll be draft eligible the year that LeBron. Yep, you mentioned that. Yeah. If you don't think that's a package deal. I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was all by design. He wants to be the first dad to play with his son, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever well, he's that, not going to be a if Gordy it's Howe. the Knicks, he's going to be like you're holding out. You're not getting drafted by the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> got to pull an Archie Manning. <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favorite stats about Gordy Howe is he's the only player uh, where the entire front line uh, forward line was uh, his sons. He played on the forward line with his two sons. It's insane. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. He also yeah, played. We've never seen anything like that in foot or in football or basketball, but baseball and hockey. Hang in there, Frank Gore. Could happen. Like they were, <laughs> they were actually. Uh, so we went to the Winter Classic. Gerald McCoy is actually. Yeah. Yeah, you you mentioned that, that before, but I think it was an adopted son. I have no idea. It's still because I remember because I remember we were like he's really young to have a kid that yeah, old. He's like thirty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If his health hadn't taken a turn for the worse, like we went up to the Winter Classic game, there was actually rumors that the Winter Classic game, he was going to strap up the skates and Gordy Howe was going to go out there at one point in time. How old was he? He was like 70. Yeah, that's 80. just a like, liability thing that that, that Yeah, no, absolutely. But they, they still, like, they brought him, obviously they brought him out, and it was right. the last time, and, like, all of Detroit <laughs> went wild. Um, and actually, I big, big props to the Toronto fans that uh, showed up there as well because, like, it was the best standing ovation ever and he even like you could tell that he just wanted out there but i mean that was two great teams just all all time legends in my books being Mm -hmm. able to see all of them and being 15 feet away from you know the likes of like nicholas from stevie y and i I love that day that day was so great Mm -hmm. yeah all right last one though uh jalen suggs uh point guard from gonzaga if you haven't watched gonzaga this kid's really good they're one of the best players that they've ever had. Their offense is so freaking versatile. Like, just like oh, oh my gosh, all those just—they can beat well, you so many ways. Did you guys watch the Gonzaga versus uh, West Virginia game at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this kid got injured in that game mm-hmm. and could barely walk off the court. By the middle of the second half, he was playing again and making impact plays on the court. Uh, reminds me a lot of Jason Kidd, just in his toughness. Wow. Uh, he's Tenacious. Like, if you remember the Goss kid that played for them a couple years ago in the national title game, mm-hmm. he was the starting point guard there. Toughness level right on par with that, but overall offensive game, I don't know if I've ever seen a point guard for Gonzaga play this, like, that's this talented. Uh, those three guys should be head and shoulders above almost everyone else in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just like we said with the Zach Wilson stuff, do yourself a favor. Go watch. Go, go watch Jalen Suggs. Like it is Fun player. insane. This this like this What's Gonzaga team is going to be the one that finally puts Mark Few over. I hope so. Oh, I yeah. I want them to win a national title so bad. Mm-hmm. I really wanted it the year that they lost to Villanova. Yep. No, was it Villanova? Texas Tech. 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 They lost to Tech in the Final Four. Yeah, Tech, Tech, in the Tech final lost four. to Virginia. But who did lose? Oh no, they lost to North Carolina in the title game. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. That yeah, was they, the, they, they the Justin game. Jackson yeah. game. I completely forgot yeah. about that one. That was a great game, too. They were, they were right there the whole time. Uh, but I do want Mark Few to get over that hump because he's a coach that deserves it. He's a classy guy. Builds his, <clears throat> builds his program such an unconventional way, like recruiting a lot of foreign guys, a lot of Canadian players. That scared uh, the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And finally, he lucked himself into getting a top point guard recruit mm-hmm. who's going to be a top three pick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really hope it puts them over the hump because they're, they're so fun. They're un- like their bigs are undersized, but they can play. God, they really uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. Uh, but those are the three guys I think that everybody should, as far as the freshmen that are going to be right near the top of the draft that you should yeah. watch for. There's obviously other guys out there who will rise up the boards and everything, right. but those three. There's always one guy that improves sure. with his uh, with his uh, like tournament game. Yeah, there's always like, there's one always the player. OB Toppin who comes yeah. out of nowhere and you're like, oh yeah. yeah, he plays for a smaller school, so I didn't get to watch him very yeah. much. But he's a hell of a player. Yeah. Um, but that said, NBA starts again in like ten days. Yeah. Um, Had some fun stuff this week. Yes, we did. Uh, re- I think it was right after last last week's show. It was on Tuesday mm-hmm. when the uh, Westbrook versus John Wall trade went down. Uh, Wall Man. for Westbrook. Couple picks involved. Yeah. But uh, we haven't seen John Wall play since December of 2018, uh, so we don't really know what kind of what version of John Wall we're getting. And for a guy who relies so much upon his speed, right. that's yeah, that's gonna be interesting. From what I have seen so far, social media wise, it does look like he is lost a step. No, no, I'm saying working out really. They're oh. not gonna show him sprinting or anything like that yet. Okay. They're just. Overall, he is working his ass off to get in shape for this season. I, ha- I uh, haven't seen much of John Wall, honestly, for that. That's why I was relying on all the information from you. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, John, we really haven't seen John Wall at all in two years. Um, but from the reports online, Harden did list him in guys that he would rather play with than Westbrook as far as his point guard. So that's Kind of their motivation for going out and signing him. I think that was also their motivation for going to get Boogie, because if things fall apart mm-hmm. with uh, Harden, then they're going to tr- probably try to build around Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably see where he's at with his his medicals and go from there. But I mean, not a very good start for training camp for Harden. He no showed today. Yeah. Uh, after a weekend where there's multiple videos of him at strip clubs having a grand old time, so there's nothing to do with health. Uh, bad look. And then on the other side of that, the guy that most people say is the issue in Houston, and I, as far as playing style, I, it was the issue in Houston. Westbrook shows up three hours early for training camp, gets in a workout with his teammates, and looks happier than I've seen him mm. in years. Like, yeah. if you watch videos of him first day at training camp, the guy looks like he's having a blast. Good. Like, it's a weight off his shoulders that he's out of Houston. And I think it has somewhat – the issues Houston is having has a little bit to do with everything with what's come with the ownership change from a few years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who the owner is, Tillman Fertetta, look him up. Real good human being there. Uh, really a guy you want to root for. If you can't sense the sarcasm in my voice. Uh, yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Give Daryl Morey credit. He's now in Philly, but every year he made changes to that team and got them in position to compete. Mm-hmm. This past year, I mean, nobody expected. Yeah, no many. <laughs> and, al- <laughs> and already trying <laughs> to change. Already trying to change uh, Philly for the better too. Daryl right. Morey you know, yeah. going out and it took him three getting hours shooters. to make that 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 roster more. Uh, more balance. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and he's already done like, and Houston has already somewhat recovered and got more balanced roster as well mm-hmm. since then. But I but, mean, the guy's a hell of a GM. And it's it's something where with 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 the Wall and Westbrook trade, 
I think a lot of people from just looking looking at it just with a casual eye might find it where, okay, well, they, they got a younger guy. You know, John Wall is one of those younger guys in the league. John Wall was drafted two years after Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's not right. like he's – He's like he's, 29. He's been, he's been in the league for a decade. Yep. So, I mean, it's – and it is, it is going to be unique to see him playing with – a guy who he did so well in college with, and Demarcus Cousins. Mm. That's going to be fun to watch. Off of significant injuries, is exactly. The only issue. Like exactly. And Boogie, multiple significant injuries. Yeah, he came off an. That guy hasn't not been able to catch a break. No. Well, yeah. actually, he's been catching lots of breaks of parts of his body. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's and his caught all the breaks. His contract's not guaranteed at all. The snaps. All. So <laughs> he could be. I mean, if he doesn't look himself in throughout training camp, and then there are a couple preseason games, they can cut bit, cut. Bait with him, and he could be gone. Mm. He'll have to boogie yeah, for no money. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thrown any in all day. Okay, honestly, that's yeah. that's the first real uh, shake your head joke of the day, which we usually have a few by now. Yeah. So good job, Duncan. Thank I've you. I've been slipping Thank you. into the show. <laughs> yes, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I mean, you you see how Westbrook's career has gone with other stars. Every single one has gone somewhere else yeah, other mm-hmm. than this, this time where he wasn't the main star. Uh, so that's something to monitor with a guy like Bradley Beal. Yes, that's going to be very interesting. coming up very soon, which brings me to my final point. You know who Bradley Beal is really good friends with and Brad shares Stevens. a hometown with? Brad Stevens. No. Brad Stevens. No. Brad Stevens. Can Some, you say someone else? Somebody on the steel. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just. It's Jason Tatum. He went to the same high school as Damn it. They're good friends. And if you paid attention at all to this uh, Gordon Hayward sign-and-trade saga, uh, does anybody know what a a trade player exception is? Yes. Bradley Beal? If you say Brad Stevens, I'm throwing Yeah, I'm going to throw a microphone at you. I threatened you you a few weeks ago with a a folding chair. It's still right there. (laughs) I'm sitting on one. Because they agreed to a sign-and-trade instead of Gordon Hayward – agreeing to just sign yeah. with them. Uh, the Hornets could ab- just completely absorb his contract, but instead they agreed to a sign-and-trade where Boston didn't take on any players, so instead they get a player trade player exception, which they can either sign a player for the amount of money, up to the amount of money that they hadn't had mm-hmm. in the exception, or trade the exception without having to include any players without having to match any salaries. So they got the largest trade player exception in NBA history at $28.5 million. Wow. Yeah. That is a max player level contract that they have over a year to use. Because I know Golden State just used one, and they had, I think, a $17 million player exception, and that was was what they used to get uh, Oubre. Yes, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, it would, wow. you can also get him when a player gets injured, and that's what mm-hmm. theirs was, was an injured player exception. So basically, uh, for Boston's, they take the first year of the player that's getting traded contract, and that's the amount of money you get. So because it's $28.5 million in his first year and it's backloaded, the Celtics what? only have $20 million in cap space to use, but if they cut a player, they could use all $28.5 million. And you know who's been... Asking for trades the last couple of years and been on that been market. In every uh, single trade Brad talk. Beal. <laughs> Beal. Stop where you're at. Brad Beal, yes. Brad yes. Beal. 
that is something that I'd be monitoring mm. because he and Tatum are very close. Mm. That's good. Uh, also, I texted Ty. Another candidate for that is Blake Griffin or an Aaron Gordon, yeah. a Buddy Heald, Evan Fournier, someone like that. And then, like I said, they have over a year to use it. Right. I definitely think Detroit's going to part with uh, Griffin You're sometimes right. in this year. I mean, I think this, this year is the year. You know, I mean, we if the yeah, if there's a team out there, I honestly would love his fit in Golden State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, move on from Draymond, who's another player that could be absorbed with a trade player exemption. Yeah. Uh, move on from him, bring in Blake. I mean, with, with all the injuries that he's had, but Blake Griffin is a guy who he, he is he could be a number two on a championship team. His, oh, yeah. his, oh, yeah. The way he plays has changed so much yep. since he's been in Detroit. Those mm-hmm. injuries have drastically changed how he plays the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly been fun to watch his growth as a player if he – didn't have those injuries, it would be he'd be in a much different place in his career. But still, very fun player to watch. And like I said, I got about ten days until the NBA starts up again, playing a seventy-two game season. Uh, and I think they're going to try to do another bubble for the playoffs. Oh look, my lines are on the television. Is that a good thing? No, Mr. Austin's division no. title, eighty-nine percent <laughs> chance to win. Really which uh, with Buffalo winning, all three of us did finish three and three this week or for last yeah. week in our picks. So. Yay Hot damn! Yay. Yay! So yeah, with that said, Ty's sitting at fifty-one. I don't think I updated that right. That math doesn't work. Oh, fifty. Yeah, no, fifty-one and twenty-seven. I just didn't add in the Pittsburgh game as well. Uh, fifty-one and twenty-seven. Uh, Duncan's sitting at forty-four and thirty-four, and I'm sitting at forty-four. Five and thirty slipped into us. I would like to officially thank. I would officially like to thank the center for the Houston Texans for completely flubbing that uh, that snap to Deshaun Watson that then was fumbled and Indianapolis recovered and won that game when they had the ball on the two yard line and we're about to, you know, drop punch it in probably punch it into the end zone to get a win at the last minute in Indianapolis, which would have given me uh, pulled me in a little. I still would be in second place and be closer to tie, but no. No. It's fine. It's fine. No. It's Fuck fine. you, guy. I don't even know your name, but we are not Ugh. friends. Oh, no, Alex no, Smith. No, it was a so badass. Much blood. so much blood. Sorry, we're talking about the Alex Smith yeah. I, I'm sorry that that's, that's oh. what the segue was in our cup. There was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Duncan's so much blood. <laughs> Duncan's, Duncan's in second place. There's so, so much blood. <laughs> um, but oh, they just yeah. showed the and Alex Smith leg, and, oh, man, it was bad. And I know we already yeah. talked about it earlier, but, man, his second half. That and was, it's like oh, the Steelers lose one more game. Kansas City's going to be so happy that yeah. that happened. Go Bills. Go Bills. Oh, go Bills go for Bills. sure. <laughs> go Bills for sure. That was, man, that was what? In the fourth quarter, that was a 20-10 to 10 ball game, and they came back in – was it 20-10 to 10 or – Washington was down by 10. I know that. Yeah, and then they ended up coming back. At one point. Yeah. And they kicked a field goal. Like even, no, even in the fourth quarter, yeah, they were down by ten points, and yeah. to come back and win like that. <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's all we really all. have for today. Uh, I said we'll we'll have more on the NBA restart and college basketball Ooh. and stuff as the seasons go on. Kentucky, but, uh, sorry, I just saw Kentucky top dropped top out of the top twenty-five. Damn, I hadn't realized that. Uh, losing three games this early, yeah. is, uh, that'll yeah. do it. Them and Oregon know. both just dropped out. Wow. But, uh, yeesh. Yeah. Conference title's coming up. Let's And uh, we'll have updates on the draft game and everything coming up with that in just yes. next few weeks. 
So thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, "Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, "Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico. Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.